which is uh, about two-thirds of the way up the state, uh, north up the state. Yeah, when the uh, state's starting to get thin at the top. Yeah, it's, it's right up there. And we're at Rogers Campground, right across from a chunk of the White Mountains with just one of the most spectacular Splend- I, n- I never get tired of talking about uh, these views yeah. or, or looking at them. Uh, the, the vistas here are just un- almost unspeakable. They're, mm-hmm. they're fantastic. Uh, so it, Yeah, it, it's hard to overstate <laughs> those <yeah>. vistas. <laughs> I think the only thing that gets in the way are some power lines, and really it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, you even, your mind doesn't even pay attention. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, so we're here at this beautiful place with hundreds of like-minded, liberty-oriented individuals, people who get it about freedom. They understand what it means uh, to be free, and they are willing to work together in order to achieve that, to move here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project in order to get active in their lives for liberty and and help spread the ideas of freedom and, and make it happen in our lifetime. It's such an incredible concept that has really come together over the last several years, and it just keeps getting bigger and uh, more exciting. There's so much going on. We w- I want to get to our, our guest here, uh, but you've got a little bit of time, right? Mama Allie, you're welcome to s- sit on that mic and say hello and join us here as we, um, uh, as we talk to uh, one of our callers who's, who's jumped in here already. Uh, but g- say good evening. Uh, Mama Allie is with us from Savannah, Last Biscuit. You've really got to close in on that mic. Uh, yes, thank you very much. Um, so, so we're going to talk to you more about what Savannah Last Biscuit is and why you're here in New Hampshire and, and where everything's going with you. Uh, but we also have to take phone calls uh, because you know, we want to hear from our listeners at 800-259-9231. But I just want to recount something here. Having just come fresh from the opening ceremonies, because we, even though we've been here for 24 hours now, uh, we and many people have been here for days. Yeah, we we did a show last night. It the actual Porcupine Freedom Festival officially has just now begun. That's correct. So uh, Stefan Molyneux from Freedom Main Radio just a few moments ago, and maybe still right now, is giving an opening. Just finished. Oh, he just finished up. Okay, he's giving an opening address, and of course, he's an incredible speaker. Very funny. Uh, I mean, for a philosopher, the guy is funny. Yeah, <laughs> he's got good timing and uh, he's good, uh, quick on his feet. He's working a full house down there. Too. We're going to see if uh, if he can come up here and talk to us a little bit later on. But when you say full house, this is one of the things I wanted to talk about. There are at least a couple hundred people down in this pavilion area here at Rogers Campground uh, that are attending the the opening ceremonies, and it it feels right. to me this, like this it's isn't bigger. A, this isn't a speech giving event. A couple hundred people is yeah. You know, it's it's a, it's a mi- it's a fraction, a minor fraction of the people that are milling about and having a good time camping and you know playing with their kids and, and doing all kinds of things. Right. So there's a whole bunch of people down there and a lot of women. I was kind of looking around the crowd. I Just just to look at the front row, it was uh, half women, half men. Yep. So I don't know if it's 50-50 across the hundreds of uh, registrants, but maybe we'll be able to find out from some of the uh, the organizers. Because some of the things we've noticed over the years here coming to the Pork Fest, this is what, our fourth one? I think this is our fourth Pork Fest. Sounds right. Uh, over the years coming to the Porcupine Freedom Festival, that uh, the, the ratio of uh, men to women is getting closer. It used to be pretty heavy, heavy men and not so many women. There's and always room for more beautiful There are always, always room for more, more women, period. Uh, but yeah, the beautiful is even better. And Stefan, actually it was Carla, the organizer of uh, Porkfest, asked a question, which is asked every single year, is that how many people are here for the first time? How many people are here at the Porcupine Freedom Festival for the first time? And the, the results we have here in our room of people watching the show right now are approximately what I saw with hundreds of people down there. It looked to me like about 50% of the people that were there 
raised their hands to say they were here for the very first time, and I just found that to be awe-inspiring. Yeah. Were you standing there for that, Mark, or you, I, you I arrived missed, late? I missed that. I'm just, I, that was, yeah. It would be awe-inspiring. Because <laughs> I, 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 I looked up, and I was stunned at how many people. Because I, I look around, and I see so many familiar faces, but all the faces I don't know, I don't think about so much. Yeah. And that was when it really just washed over me. What is happening here? The, the growth is it's tremendous. My tired bones can attest to that. Your tired too. bones. Yes, Let's we're talk. Tired. <laughs> we're going to talk to you about what you're doing here, uh, Savannah Last Biscuit, uh, in just a moment. Let's go first, though, to Ryan, who's on the line in Texas. Ryan, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Mark and Mama Allie. Hey, guys, and Mama Allie, how are you doing today? You enjoying your uh, pork fest? It's incredible up here, Ryan. What's on your mind tonight? Well, first, I just wanted to say uh, thanks to Mama Allie. I wish I lived where you live so I could eat your food, and I wish somebody mm-hmm. was doing what you do over here in uh, Dallas so I could eat their food, but not, not that I Facebook know Facebook me. You can do um, it too, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to say... We're going to talk more of... about that. We're going to talk more about uh, duplicating what Mama Allie is doing in Savannah here in a little bit. Well, uh, you, you've had a lot of Ryans calling from around the country lately, and, and, and I just had to uh, to, to call in and... And as the king of Ryan say that uh, those Ryans are not representative of you know me, uh, the the king of Ryans. They're 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 no longer you know classified as Ryan. But anyway, um, I want to call about a, a situation I had when I was trying to talk to some people about Fiji. You know, with those, I was just having a conversation with some people. Um, you know, just playing with them over the internet, and uh, you know, I was telling them about you know their juror, you know stuff because the, the topic had come up. And after I gave them all the information about, you know, what they could do and what their rights were and how the state was lying to them, one of the guys said that he used to be a public defender and that everything I was saying was just absolutely not true. Like, like About fully have, informed jury information? About informing yeah, people about, about their rights? Right, about how jurors are allowed to make their decisions based on their feelings on the law rather than just on whether or not the law was broken and... It was, and what, what am I supposed to say to that? You know, it's like, you know, I try to, to talk about the things and mention, you know, Fiji, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm sure there's a website that says, you know, anything you want on the Internet. So it's, you know, completely... Can't <laughs> fix stupid, baby. Yeah, right. You can, you can look up the history of, uh, you know, juries nullifying the law and, um, you know, be able to combat that. Obviously, in this instance, this guy is gone. There's a good chance. I mean, they, they do... Lawyers do know the, the this history, and it seems unlikely to me that this guy, in fact, was a public defender. I mean... Used to be a public uh, offender. I don't. Well, yeah, I offender. don't know if that. Wait a minute. I don't know if that's true. I think that a, a number of lawyers know. But would you really think that the law schools? I mean, if if the yeah, judges and the the higher echelons. Sure. Uh, uh, let me ask the question: If the judges and the uh, the higher echelons in the legal profession have wiped all mention out from the courtrooms about this, it's not unreasonable to believe that there are certain law schools that don't touch on it either. I mean, why would they want to put those ideas into the attorneys' heads? Prohibition was basically wiped out through jury nullification, um, and that that's the 30s. That's so, a long time ago, not, in, indeed. But they they have to teach this kind of history. I just I, I find it very difficult to Who's believe. Who's they? And, uh, hold on. Why did this guy? Why was this guy no longer a lawyer? I mean, how many um, he, how many people he, he have you ever that, heard of yeah. that have left being a lawyer? He, he be, no, he's still a lawyer. He's just not a public defender anymore. Now he does like mutual divorces where he represents both the the husband and the wife. But no, he said he got okay. he got bitter from doing the public defender thing because. You know, he, he went into it to try to be, you know, idealistic and to, to help people, but it, it got to the point where every single person he was, re, you know, representing and trying to help 
it's like he, he basically said every single one of them did it. Like they were all guilty. And just after a while, he became bitter and you jaded. Not be that guilty these days. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, yes. <laughs> Mom, Ali says, "How can you not be guilty these days?" Go ahead with your thoughts. Yeah, exactly. And and and, and I even tried to go into the subject of well, you know, it's not a crime unless somebody's hurt. And you know, I, I mentioned marijuana, and he said that it, this was in California. He said they basically don't prosecute anybody for marijuana. Like if it's a drug, it's going to be something hard, like crack or something like that. So I mean, I couldn't really say anything, and 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 I really I do understand where he's coming from. Like what, what you guys see with the police and with the courts, you know, you're not hurting people. You're not doing all the the seedy underbelly stuff. You're you're more activist. But what they see, day in and day out, aren't people like you. They are seeing the 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 dirt of society and sure and, absolutely know. the worst of the worst and that's, that's so, it is true and a lot of police have kind of a skewed perspective uh because of that and it becomes yeah. an us versus them uh, mentality and, and when they see the scum then they treat more people like they're scum without thinking and without judging them individually ryan thanks for the call i appreciate the thoughts 800-259-9231 we've got mama ally with us from savannah last biscuit we're going to talk about what that is why she's all the way up here in Lancaster, New Hampshire, and how you can duplicate the Savannah Last Biscuit in your area. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Take control of the airwaves. 800-259-90. This is Free Talk Live. We're live from the 2010 Porcupine Freedom Festival in Lancaster, New Hampshire's Rogers Campground. Amazing views. Better than amazing people, just some of the best people you'll ever be around. Hundreds of them all in the same place. More coming tomorrow and the next day. <laughs> it's going to be absolutely incredible. And the, the event keeps getting bigger over time. Uh, as, uh, as time goes on, more people come here, and that means more people start offering services and products. We have an incredible opportunity uh, this time around with the uh, what they're calling the Agora Alley, where there are all kinds of vendors selling everything from food to wares to right. and these services. Aren't, these aren't the kind of vendors that sell big soft pretzels or uh, you know elephant ears, although they do have... Um, Funnel some funnel cakes here, but it's not the kind of people that do it for a living or have the trailer right. with the you know the trailer with the clown on. Yeah, you don't see the carny ride kind of looking. Right. These are not all one people. roach coach on Agora yeah. Alley anywhere. So. <laughs> right. These are all people that uh, believe in the ideas of liberty and they're they're putting them into practice by you know offering goods and services that. The, that they, you know, they haven't asked the government permission to do. Yes, and one of those providers is Mama Allie from Savannah Last Biscuit. We're going to talk to her in detail in a mo uh, moment. Join more than half a million people who've trusted LegalZoom.com for their common legal documents. Incorporate your business, create a will or a living trust, even register a trademark, empowering you and protecting you with common legal documents that people trust. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save $10 on your order at LegalZoom.com. Now... Mama Ali, you're back on Free Talk Live, and, and thank you for being here and taking time out because you are a busy lady, uh, especially this weekend here. I mean, normally you're very busy. You, you come from Savannah, Georgia, where we are on the air, from what I understand. Uh, there's some a brave soul who has put on a uh, community-slash-pirate radio transmitter in the area, so hopefully the folks in Savannah are, uh, are hearing this and they're hearing your uh, wonderful voice on our airwaves because you are someone who provides an amazing service to the Savannah community. You provide, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. People can pick up their phone, call your Savannah Last Biscuit, and order food and have it delivered to them. For free. We deliver for free. Yes, well, you got to tip the driver, but otherwise it's, there's yeah. no delivery charge is, is what you're saying. If you don't it, have it this week, we don't worry about get it. Get real close on that. Like, if you don't almost have it this perfect. week, then we don't worry about it. 
It is, uh, and, and you're always coming up with specials because I subscribe to your Facebook updates, and anybody can go to, is it Last, what is it on Facebook? Is it Savannah Last Biscuit? It's or? Savannah Last Biscuit, Last Biscuit's one word. Okay, mm-hmm. Savannah Last Biscuit on Facebook. You can go and just to get an idea of what Mama Allie is doing and the specials and the, right. the, the food. The food's certainly great, but it's the it's just sort of the business concept behind it. I had the food this morning, and I had... Tell me about the grits. What are they called? The Supreme Grits? The, the Loaded Grits. Loaded yeah. Grits. Um, I haven't had grits in a few years, and, and it was delicious and wonderful, and that biscuit is gigantic. <laughs> but it's, it's the idea um, that you came up with. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make food in my home like I'd make food for guests in my house, and I'm going to deliver it to people. And they're not going to have to pay the overhead of, uh, you know, my rent in some commercial place where I, you know, I can't live or anything like that. Plus, you don't have the, the taxation, the licensing fees, and all that overhead. So you can pass on those savings to your customers. Absolutely. That's exactly the point. That's how we keep $7 plates. <laughs> well, and he, did you say heap? Because I've seen the portions. It's, uh, it's incredible. And I, I, and I haven't actually had the chance to drop by yet because there's so much food competition out uh, out here. <laughs> you haven't even got that far back. <laughs> I, I really, I just, I just last night when I was going to brush my teeth before I went to bed. That's when the first time was I actually walked by uh, your campsite. So I will be well, coming I don't by miss this weekend. Bis- biscuits and gravy generally. So I, it was the first thing I did. Well, what kind of portion did you get, Mark? I mean, gigantic. Now you cannot believe I ate the whole thing. All right, you're just trying to make yourself look no. good. You're, you're giving us extra portions because it's pork fest, right? You don't normally give big portions down in Savannah. I had my hat on. They didn't. Know I'm not talking to you. Yes, every plate. We are not paper plate prepared at all because yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, last biscuit friendly, not so much. They, it's definitely we. I have to tell the boys to order full orders to come back and get some more gravy if they want it because it cannot fit in the plate. You are here. not skimping people at the the line. seven bucks is not mm-hmm. some sort of skimpy thing. It's tremendous no, the amount of food that it's you get. Food. And, and and it's like you're saying, Mark, she gets to pass on the savings. She doesn't have to charge sales tax. She doesn't have all the overhead. And, and you've been incredibly successful. I mean, you're going 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you've been doing it for two years? A year and a half. A, right? Almost two years. Coming up on two years New here. New Year's Eve 2009 was New- our first date. Wow. And uh, it was just popular. How quick out of the gate did it really become, start to take off for the you? first day. I made my rent the first day we were out. How did you get the word out that quickly? I mean, thousand how, flyers, hand to hand. That, that's that's one of the things that I think is so great about you is you're inc- you're an incredible promoter of what you're doing. Not only are you providing a great service, but if your service isn't uh, even if your service is great, if people don't know it's there, then Absolutely. you're done for. Your doors will close. And <laughs> you've you've done some real kind of ground. Uh, I, I wouldn't call it groundbreaking. It's all been done before. But what you're doing now, as far as working outside the system, is pretty groundbreaking. The promotional is very uh, grassroots. I guess is uh, maybe the term I'm looking for. Where you're getting out there, you're pressing the flesh with people, you're getting flyers into people's hands, and you're saying, "Hey, give us a try and see what you think." Right. And absolutely the. Minimal price, too, because we print at the library for five cents a copy. We get our butts out there, and we do it ourselves, you know. So it all comes back. All those little pennies that we save get to go right back to our people. So it's really a good full circle thing. And with any restaurant, you've always got word of mouth being your most powerful advertising. So when somebody tries Savannah Last Biscuit... And they, you know, they realize the value that they get, the amount of food that they get, the Last quality biscuit. of the food. Last biscuit for life. <laughs> I love it. She's got her own plate. catchphrase. <laughs> I'm serious. If you eat one time, you're a lifer. That's a wrap. So um, <laughs> what, what you put into this is, is something that so many people have. They have a kitchen at home. They have, uh, many people have the ability to cook. I'm, I'm not one of them. Um, and you know, this could be done by, by different people, but you know, they, they don't know. You've made some, I'm sure you've made some errors along the way and learned from it. Can other people do this? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Anybody can do it. You know, you just have to, it takes a lot of drive. I will tell you that right now, especially if you're going to go 24 hours, you got to have it in the back to get going. You know what I mean? You, I think you it's a great idea. I mean, you mentioned that to. Savannah's a college town, right? So you've got a bunch of young yep. people there. And SCAD is there, which is Savannah College Art and Design. It's one of the biggest art colleges in the nation and they are probably about 60 percent of our business right now yeah you're gonna stay it, up late I mean, it's, it's yeah i mean it's it's good for us right now when we go back we're actually going to be advertising our day and lunch shift more often because we have advertised our night shift for an entire year which is killing it which is doing really really well but we there's no reason why our breakfast can't be as good as our 4 a.m you sure. know what i mean so we just haven't advertised it yet you know we, we just by the time it's morning time, we're tired. And you're, you're so busy. It's no amazing doubt. all yeah. of the things that you've taken on besides just running the uh, the Savannah Last Biscuit. I mean, you're here in New Hampshire, so you you left your operation down in Savannah in hopefully some very capable hands. Uh, you've come up here and you've brought Savannah Last Biscuit to Lancaster, New Hampshire at the 2010 Pork Fest, we to the Porcupine Freedom Festival. of the Free Staters. What they're doing is badass. No mm. way around it. You know, I mean, we can't be here. But what they are doing, we support 100%. It is really, really a great thing for people to get together and say, this is what we want to be no matter who or what or anybody says anything. Your partner was uh, telling me that you guys have been preparing for a month uh, just to come up here and do this one, you know, four-day. Or How long have you been here? When did you get set up? Um, Tuesday. Okay, so you came we were, out pretty early then. We, yeah, we were actually like one thirty in the morning. Now, now things start slow. The Porcupine Freedom Festival runs from Thursday, officially from Thursday through Sunday. But some people show up Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Like you say, you showed up Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I guess things are a little slower in the beginning of the week. Was Not it worth for it for you Not to for come us. up? We've already made all of our guest money and paid our staff. So it was worth it. Well worth it. Okay. Okay. Are you thinking maybe you should have come up Monday instead of <laughs> Tuesday? I'm, I'm tired already. Yeah, right. I'm good with Tuesday. How many hours are you putting in every single day on this? as it takes baby every day yeah well, it's all day yeah i mean it, 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 there's so many of there have to be so many of them you know somebody couldn't work and you're, hours a day. you're just to clarify you you've brought the 24 7 operation here is it true that people and can get delivery. something yes, at sir. six in the morning and have it delivered to their campsite yes sir 1-800-259-9231 more uh, coming up here with uh, mama Allie from savannah last biscuit your calls as well about what you want also all kinds of interesting folks are going to be joining us here throughout the evening as we bring you free talk live from the porcupine freedom festival 2010 We are live from the Porcupine Freedom Festival 2010, Lancaster, New Hampshire. Beautiful location with the White Mountains. Incredible vista here with the most amazing people uh, in the world. They're just an incredible group of folks that has gathered together as part of the Free State Project, which is a simple concept. It is one to bring uh, like-minded, liberty-oriented people all to the same physical location. Because fact is, where you are, if you're not in New Hampshire, you're probably pretty lonely. I had uh, we had Adam from the Motorhome Diaries comment the other uh, the other night or no it wasn't Adam it was one of these guys <laughs> a few guys from Wisconsin were all together at the local nightcap in Keene, New Hampshire the other the other night and one of them commented that uh, that he'd never been around so many liberty-minded people who are from Wisconsin even when he was in Wisconsin so <laughs> the four people from Wisconsin that were at our gathering were outnumbered the amount of people that he'd been together with the the whole time he'd been in Wisconsin as far as the maximum it was in, it was just you know one of those little comments that's just indicating yeah it's it's very telling toward uh, what's going on here people are moving people have moved hundreds have moved already for the the uh, the free state project 
Thousands are pledged to move with over 10,000 already signed up. Uh, we're working to get to 20,000, uh, and then the official move starts. So all the hundreds that have already moved are early movers. And, of course, I encourage you to become an early mover. In fact, that's what uh, the uh, Carla was doing earlier when about 50% of the crowd of hundreds of people uh, raised their hands to say it was their first time here. She said, well, stay. <laughs> get, a, get up here. This is the place to be. These are the people to be with. And we're building uh, the voluntary society. And... Mama Ali, it's people like you that are going to help make this happen. Uh, you are out there, and you are busting hump, basically, to, uh, to feed people in Savannah, Georgia, 24 hours a day, around the clock, seven days a week, with Savannah Last Biscuit. Now, people can visit Savannah Last Biscuit, and Last Biscuit is one word, uh, on Facebook. They can sign up, they can like you there, and you'll, you can follow her and see what she's, uh, she's been up to, which is an awful lot because you're, you're actually in the midst of writing a book, as I understand it, about what you've done uh, about how you created savannah last biscuit and uh, t can you tell me a little bit about what the, yeah, the purpose it's is actually there? a lot more than that it's um completely inclusive with receipts for exactly what groceries you have to be for startup day like it's the whole we call it the last biscuit bible so this it's is a manual bible. yes this is how you can do it gosh so, that's so it's literally it's like your recipes too all of them and so i've never written down a you're recipe. giving away your secrets i've never written down a recipe either that's one of the hardest parts too because now i actually have to go to the kitchen and measure figure it out yeah. <laughs> so i'm like uh you're, you're a real chef i mean you're normally just in there yeah. throwing stuff together we do light medium and heavy sprinkle Okay. <laughs> so um, the, the way we talked about this has been just very off the cuff and everything, but this is radical. You are giving away essentially a franchise for whatever you're selling your book for, $25 or something like that. No, I don't think she's – are you selling – you're not selling it, right? Are you selling the book? We will be. You are selling it. Okay. It's a book. I was, I was confused. Taryn was saying before that he was giving his book away and then taking right. – um, Donations. So you're you're telling people how to set up a Savannah Last Biscuit franchise, essentially. For the low low franchise price of whatever the book costs, <laughs> right? Uh, Twenty five dollars or whatever. Right. Wow, that it that's incredible. But I, w I would really like if we step into a town, there is a Last Biscuit there for obviously my family to be fed. Yeah. And that's a wrap. You know, I w there's no way, and I can take care of all the people I'm taking care of in Savannah and do it nationwide. Like our nation really needs it. Oh, clearly. So this is how you got to focus on. I think focusing in one place is the best thing that you can well, do. The underground community in Savannah is really coming alive with us stepping out like this, and mm -hmm. we're really building much more barter and things like that where people will trade with you instead of need cash and things like that, and there was really nothing like that. And if I stay there, if I stand on it, they will, they're coming around. And you know, what you're talking about so is very important. I mean, the underground community building huge. and the barter and, and the huge. fact that you can go to, to Savannah Last Biscuit and order a whole huge dinner that for somebody like me is probably going to last me two to three meals uh, you know, for seven bucks. That's important, especially now. I mean, it was important 10 years ago, but it's, it's as important now, if not more so, because a lot of people are having a tough time. It should have you know? always been important. The fact that America got away from that is just heartbreaking. You know, I mean, even here in New Hampshire, we went to the local grocery store. and They're robbing people. They know they're the only grocery store in town. It's mm -hmm. ridiculous. I oh, had yeah. to walk away. I mean, seriously. You couldn't pay it. <laughs> totally left my groceries in the cart, went to the manager and was like, are you kidding me? You, you realize you have an entire community that survives off of your grocery store and you're robbing people. Robbing people. Like, there's a, there's a the piece of ham that I order back home that is $13 out the door. After taxes and everything, $13. It was 97 bucks at the local grocery store oh, here. Yeah, thank you. I was like, Jeez. whoa. 
Sounds like they could use some competition. Unfortunately, the government tends to get in the way of that sort of thing, which is one of the reasons why what you're doing is so powerful. You're, you're stepping out of the legal world. You're not going and, and begging permission from some government bureaucrat to sell people food. I mean, one of the most basic uh, necessities in life, these government bureaucrats believe that you should come to them on bended knee, kiss the ring, kiss the boot, oh, and, and then... wait till they woke up yeah, on the wait. right side of the bed. Hopefully they got some ass in the morning and they will approve your permit. Yep. Because it does not happen. I mean, I'm seriously like people will have all their things together and wait for three months in Savannah to get their permit to open. It's sickening. Yeah, if they're lucky, right? Three months. Yeah, if they're lucky, and and you know, and they use those permits for so much leverage. They mm -hmm. shut me down. I had a grill. I was working with a bar in City Market. I had a grill, but it was completely underneath them, and they had all their licenses for everything. Yeah, I paid them a percentage. That was a wrap. So. They actually came in and told them that they would pull their liquor license for supporting us, made them remove our menus and everything, and shut us down two days before St. Patrick's Day. I know a lot of people mm. don't understand St. Patrick's Day, but in Savannah, it is huge. It is the biggest holiday of the year. A lot of people live on that money for the entire summer or winter. You know what I mean? Like, mm. St. Patrick's Day is huge. They cost me like 20 grand. You know what I mean? That's exactly how much I would have made standing in front of my grill, and they shut me down right before that. It hurt. You know, but that, that's where they're at. You know what I mean? And they couldn't do anything because they were like, well, if, if you tell us where she's at, you know, just tell us where the last person's at. We won't do anything. And they're like, we don't know. We, ha you know, nobody knows. You know what I mean? So they couldn't really put them in that corner, but they tried. One of the things that's really unique about you as compared to somebody else that's running an underground business is most people, you know, if they're uh, selling drugs or, or a prostitution or something like that, you know, they're trying to keep it quiet. They've got their customer list, and they take care of their their customers. You're out flyering the neighborhood. You're out uh, spreading the word. You're encouraging customers to, to refer their friends. I that had real bills to pay, like, every month. You know, <laughs> well, if you were selling drugs, you could pay your bills, too. Uh, but, no, but uh, I mean, like, I, I have it had to be continual. You know what I mean? It couldn't yeah. be, well... We got this great shipment in from whereverville, and now it's gone. No, I see where you're. I see where you're coming from there, but but right. it's you know it's it's also about just putting it out there publicly. You're essentially being very public about what's underground. I mean, your your location is secret, mm -hmm. but the food isn't. It's no secret nope. uh, that uh, Savannah Last Biscuit exists, and the police would like to uh, to do something to you about it. But the the longer they've let you, the longer you've continued, the more popular you've become, and the the more of a a liability it'll be for the police if they decide to uh, make some sort of aggressive move the against you. The public in Savannah will smash them. So to some extent, being public has helped protect you, would you say? Now, yes. Yeah. Totally agree. Right now. In the beginning, it was a little bit edgy. Yeah, but, absolutely. Well, it takes now, courage. the longer we've done it, it's... Absolutely. And that's exactly what's happened here with the activism movement, where if what we see happen is like people will do civil disobedience and that kind of thing. And if they keep doing it, the cops will come in the, in the very first week, like they did with the 420 celebrations, and crack down. So they'll crack down, they'll arrest some people to try to scare you away. But if you keep going and you push on through, then they just, like a paper tiger, they just, you know, wither away. And there's right. nothing really there. It seemed like they kept trying to connect us to drug dealing a lot. They kept, <laughs> I'm serious. Like, they busted a place, a shrimp place, across the way that was um, a little shrimp sales, whatever. Well, really, they were dealing drugs right out there. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. As soon as they got busted, everybody related that to us. And I'm like... We are not slinging dub sacks out of the yeah. window. It is biscuits and gravy for real. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's, they've. This like, is what you love. I mean, you're doing this because it, you love to cook, absolutely. and this is what you're dedicated to. They pulled to. my drivers over and like stuck their fingers all in my food and all kinds of stuff. They're, they're trying to pin that with us. You mm. know what I mean? So that they can yep. have a reason. 
You know, and then they can so, try to make you look like the bad guy in the yeah, news media and that kind of thing. Yeah. As you said, the news media is already on your side. So, uh, Mama Ali, we've got to move on. We've got a lot of interesting folks to talk to yeah. here tonight. And I think that uh, we've given folks uh, an up-to-date uh, update on what's happening. They can go to your Facebook profile. Would you say that's the best way to keep in touch that with That is the, the best way to get a hold of me. My email is also the last biscuit with underscores in between the words at mm-hmm. yahoo.com. So the last biscuit underscores in the the phrase at yahoo.com. Yep. And uh, the Facebook is fit, you just search for Savannah Last Biscuit. Last Biscuit being yes. one word. Uh huh. That's exactly right, Ian. Fantastic. People should definitely follow what you're doing because I presume that once the book is ready, you'll announce that on your Facebook profile. Absolutely. Fantastic. Yep. I mean, you're giving you're giving literally, literally giving away your secrets for the the cost of the pages of the book. I mean, that's an incredible deal. Our it nation is. needs it. It sure does, and I hope that I hope that a lot of people get that information and they get out there and they duplicate uh, what you're doing. Of course, with their own recipes as well. Uh, more oh, yeah, coming up. There's room for specials every night. This, so you can put your own flavor on it. This is Free Talk Live. Thing. More coming up. Thank you, Mama Allie. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live from Porkfest. Talk Live. We're broadcasting from the Porcupine Freedom Festival 2010, Lancaster, New Hampshire. Rogers Campground, which is just a great location, filled now. Uh, no, well, not all the way, because more people are going to show up tomorrow and probably more the day after that uh, for the Pork Fest, which is kicking off tonight. Uh, it has been a party all week, however, as people have been here as early as Sunday and Monday, uh, just enjoying one another's company, socializing, meeting new faces and friends, uh, and in many cases, friends, friendships that will last a lifetime. I mean, these are people whose plan, some of them are already here, but a bunch of them are considering moving here. These are people whose plan it is to move to New Hampshire and put down their roots. So the people they meet today are going to be people they likely will know in another decade or two or three or however long down the line. It's... Uh, it's a it's a group of incredibly dedicated, uh, liberty loving people, and I'm I'm honored to be around them. Uh, Mark, of course, uh, here with me as always. Are you having a good time yet? Uh, this uh, I love pork fat. <laughs> now, when's uh, Jack coming up in uh, in Laura? Oh, Jack's here. Oh, they're here. Okay, yeah, I haven't Jack seen them. Jack and Laura yet. Are here. So, what do you got to share, Mark? Have you uh, tried to lose weight before but failed? Uh, try Lumathin Plus. It's a weight loss formula that uh, you know you don't have to worry about. Uh, Doing that gym membership that you weren't going to go to anyway. <laughs> so all you have to do is take these pills. You don't change your lifestyle anyway. And they're priced so that you can uh, spend less than a dollar a day. Go check it out at LumaThinPlus.com. I've been taking them. I'm losing weight. LumaThinPlus.com. All right, 800-259-9231. We're actually going to keep talking about uh, working outside of uh, the system without permission. Uh, here in a moment, we've got George uh, Mandrick on with us uh, tonight. you prefer to be called George or Mandrick? Uh, either works. Mandrick's just a nickname. Well, Mandrick is with us uh, here tonight. Just I like nicknames because they're more original than uh, you could probably get more than one George here on the campground. So Mandrick is with us. He's here uh, selling some uh, food as well. And I want to talk about you and kind of compare you to uh, Mama Alley and see how things are different between the two of your uh, your outside the system businesses. But first, Mark is in Georgia on the phone lines. Mark, you're on Free Talk Live. Mark, did you just hang up? It sounds like it. No. Hello. You're on the air. What's on your mind? Why didn't you give Alex Jones a hard time last week? You should have given him a hard time. You want to take care of you know, good and well. There's nothing suspicious about it. Come on now. I thought we were pretty nice uh, with uh, with Alex Jones. I, I was very complimentary towards him. Slammed him. You could have slammed him to the ground a lot harder than what you did. What? Why would I want to slam someone to the ground? I'm not about America. He's not American and... lovers like you folk. What? He hates America unlike you folk. He hates America. 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. See, I don't know that much about Alex Jones. I don't think he hates America. What does it mean to hate he, he, America? He, 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 he sympathizes with terrorists. What do you mean by that? I don't, I don't understand. 9-11 was an inside job. He sympathizes with terrorists. That's not sympathizing with terrorists. That means that he doesn't believe that uh, the, the the story that we've been given. That's not sympathizing. No, you're with wrong. Terrorists. You're wrong. He says the terrorists didn't wrong do before. it. He says the terrorists didn't do it. Well, I don't you're know wrong. if he's right or not. I don't know who did. I can tell you that terrorists did 9/11. Uh, it might have been the government terrorists. It might have been the Al Qaeda terrorists, which of course you could point out were created Are you by the United States government. The government might have did it. I'm not saying I know anything Are about you who did it. But I... Give your opinion. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> you are a great crank caller. I don't know if you, I don't think you're for real. I am for real. I, want, I don't want you yeah. all to be giving me no gibberish. I want you to tell me what you think happened. <laughs> what I think happened when on nine eleven? Do you think it was terrorists or you think it was a bunch of honkies in Washington D.C.? Honestly, I don't you, know. Well, why would you want my opinion on what happened on nine eleven? This is because I, I have nothing I'm, better to do with my time. <laughs> Thank you. You would ask somebody who's completely uninformed on the subject yeah. what they think. Well, you've got a microphone. You must be important. <laughs> hey, thanks for the call. Great Thank call. You. I appreciate that it. Clever. Yeah, very good. 800-259-9231. But the serious uh, side of that is that there are people out there that believe that, well, you matter more because you've got a radio show. And if you had any idea the uh, the kind of people that are on the radio, uh, you wouldn't think that anymore. I mean, yeah. these are just... You know, the average radio person is just like you. They're just somebody who went into that business, and that's the direction their life went. So uh, just because they are really, uh, you know, getting paid a lot of money or they have a bunch of radio affiliates or they've got their own TV show, uh, doesn't mean that they're any more capable than you are at uh, thinking and understanding things and reasoning, etc. Mandrick is with us here. Uh, Mandrick, thank you for taking time out of what is inevitably a busy evening for you uh, and your partners here as you cook up delicious uh, foods for the Porkfest attendees. Here we are at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. And we just finished talking with Mama Allie from Savannah Last Biscuit, who is your competitor, friendly competitor. Absolutely. uh, Here, Have, uh, Have you had any of Mama Allie's food yet? I have not, but my partner, he has been, uh, my business partner has had it for breakfast the past two days. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So that's a testimonial right there. And I, I imagine there's going to be some cross-pollination going on because I had your food last night. I'll be going over there tonight, so I hope you don't take that personally. Cause, no, they've come over and had yeah. lunch at our place. So. Excellent. <laughs> uh, you're you're uh, the, the gyro, 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 hero. Uh, hero. Thing. It's a gyro, right? It's gyro, but you can just say gyro. That's fine. It's, oh, I've never, is there a little roll of an R in there? Gyro? Gyro, yeah, there's a little oh, okay. roll. All right. See, I don't know much about the, the it's Greek. I'm, I'm not the word Nazi, so it's a, you can say it however you like. <laughs> meat, meat sandwich, whatever. It was the best gyro, a gyro I've ever had in my life. <laughs> best. Are you insinuating that I am a word Nazi? No, I'm not oh, saying okay. you are. I'm just saying All I'm right, not. That's good. Yevel. So, uh, so you're here, you're providing delicious food. You've got your uh, famous baklava here, available in two versions. Uh, actually, three, if I'm not mistaken. Frozen, you're selling frozen baklava, you're selling uh, fried baklava, and regular Mandrick George's famous baklava. The frozen's just, I just have some in the freezer, and if you like it frozen, you can eat it that way. I do like it frozen. Uh, you had sent us, when you launched your baklava uh, business, you sent us a tray of it, and we split it up, and I was 
that was a lot for me to eat, so I put some of it in the in the freezer and took it down, and it was absolutely delicious that way. I uh, took some rice pudding, added that to it, and that uh, made it even more interesting. That, so that does sound interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I have to try that. Um, so so the baklava made you famous, but you brought out euros. You've got uh, French fries, and you're providing uh, even some alcoholic beverages as well. And it's uh, it's a it's a good time here. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Alcoholic beverage? Oh, uh, maybe I was mistaken. <laughs> I've heard rumors. I don't know if they're true. Uh, so. I- but uh, but you're here and uh, we're, and we're having a good time uh, at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. But what your business is is not a, a full, you know, it's it's not a full on twenty four hour a day seven day oper- uh, seven day a week operation. It's kind of the other end of the spectrum from Mama Mama Ali. She's fu- putting a full time uh, amount of effort in. Is this a full time job for you? Uh, the the baklava thing? Not at this uh, present time. I. Just do it on the side. I do work full-time. Uh, I have a full-time job, and I also work part-time for my dad still at his restaurant. How much uh, – but, but we've talked to you before about this, and it's it's worthwhile for you, right? I mean, making this baklava, you're selling it online. eBay is one of the places where, where you sell this. Where where else can people find um, Mandrick baklava? Well, eBay was kind of where I started just to try to get a reputation built up. Uh, really, most people work through my website, mandrick.com now. M-A-N-D-R-I-K, mandrick.com. People yep. can go. They can order different size pans, and so you get a whole bunch of it if you want to, and Absolutely. it is delicious. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, it, it really just started, uh, just like I said, I tried to build a reputation so people could see, oh, it's great, and uh, you know, it's reliable shipping. You guys did get my very first shipment since uh, oh, wow, thank you. you inspired me to start the business, just uh, listening to the show. So, so listening to discussions about uh, agorism and, and, and working and, and, and doing what you love without asking the government bureaucrats permission, that's what inspired you to, to do it? Th- that and as well as the fact that I, I can't come up to New Hampshire due to my family situation, but yes. I, wanted, I, wanted to, yeah, but I wanted to help from home. I want to do what I could from home, so... I like to uh, donate some of the money that I that I raise towards uh, you know the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund at cdevolution.org. Absolutely, and towards especially towards uh, a lot of the podcasts that I listen to and the shows that that you guys are out. I mean, like shows like School Sucks Project. Uh, he's just doing it for free, you know. Brett's not mm-hmm. expecting anything for it. Stuff shows like that and Liberty Conspiracy. So I try to do I try to support them financially. I yeah, th- I think it's important. And and not everybody has to go uh, and and be Mama Alley. You can do uh, outside the system stuff like this in your spare time and turn it into a profit, you know, a profit sure. center, an income stream. I mean, this probably pays. It certainly pays for itself, and uh, it probably pays what some of your bills every month. I mean, how's it do? Groceries, gas. I mean, it, it's it does a lot. It, it helps. I mean, I can save up money to, if we need things. Have some aside for for whatever. I mean. It, it's very simple to get started. If you just have to find something that you're good at doing and that you can sell online, mm-hmm. and just go from there. Or even locally, if you wanna, if you wanna try that. Because I do sell my baklava locally in some restaurants. But uh, oh, cool. But yeah, just just some of the families and you know trying to get it out there more. Uh, and I think if it became a full-time job, that would be probably the primary way I'd sell it. Other would you like that to happen down the line? It it is something I'd like. I mean, the business is even isn't even a year old yet. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think. That would be great. It it would be a big change though right now. Sure. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's okay to ease into those things. You sure. know, you get get started small and then make that successful and, and get bigger. I mean, we couldn't have started on a hundred radio stations. We had to start with two. Sure, absolutely. You know? it, it it's just a lot of work right now, and it, it has its times where. Uh, Maybe not so busy, and then you're getting slammed, and you know I still have to go to work every day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you've come here to the Porcupine Freedom Festival, and you have been swamped as well. Uh, right. You arrived a little early, like Mama Allie did, and busy from the get-go. Yeah, we came in here Sunday night, or uh, excuse me, uh, Monday morning, and uh, we started setting up. And we weren't going to sell Monday night, but all these people showed up, and they were hungry, so we had to feed them. <laughs> 
and you have. And I stopped by late last night and saw you out on the, the uh, one of the roads here in the campground. And uh, I said, are you open uh, late? And you said, we just closed down, but it will open back up for you. And, and when you did that, I came back to get the food. And you said that you had four more orders in the time. We, that you... we were open for two more hours after yeah. that. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Thanks, Ian. Okay. Well, hey, you might want to stay open later tonight, too. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com features including our bulletin board system where you can get interactive with over 500,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about there and uh, everything from serious issues to silly nonsense. It is uh, virtually unmoderated, so do... uh, Use your discretion when you visit bbs.freetalklive.com. It's free. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Mark has uh, given up his seat on the show at this point because he wanted to make room for uh, two ladies who are joining us here now. And make sure you get real close in on that microphone there. Uh, we've got an old friend of the show at this point. have been on a number of times. Uh, Brooke is with us. Uh, Brooke Kelly? Brooke Kelly? That's right. That's right. Brooke, welcome back to Free Talk Live. Uh, just no, I just normally call you by your first name so much. And uh, and Chanda Panda, brand new to Free Talk Live. Chanda Panda, welcome to uh, to the airwaves here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Now, are you both from the Freedom Ride? Well, she she sort of joined up the, on the Freedom Ride because I had a breakdown, as a lot of people heard. In- Not that kind of breakdown. <laughs> Not that kind of breakdown. <laughs> like an automotive breakdown. An automotive breakdown. Right. And so I swooped down to New Orleans. She met me in New Orleans. She's from Austin. And uh, we're on our way up here. And she talked me into, as if it was so hard, <laughs> going back to G20 this year. Now, what is G20? G20 is the 20 top planets most. Uh, they have the highest grossing income. They're the coolest, baddest, best. They are... The, the in crowd of, uh, of the world, mm-hmm. and they're making decisions about our lives that a lot of people are unhappy with. And uh, they hold a meeting twice a year, and they talk about more ways that they're going to carry out their plan for that will help out what their agenda is. So what are your plans to go uh, to this event? I mean, what are you planning on doing? You've been driving around the country year after year doing the, uh, the Freedom Ride. Uh, will it be part of the Freedom Ride? Uh, what, are you, what are your intentions? This is part of the Freedom Ride, as it was part of the Freedom Ride last year, and uh, which the Freedom Rides were based on people saying that, you know, we, it was a black-white issue. Now it's not a black-white issue. It's a class issue. And uh, the G20 is one of the things that they're trying to do is change the currency. They're well known for wanting to introduce the Amero, which means first they'd have to crash the dollar. And that's a problem that a lot of people in our movement have because we are a movement of uh, economics and monetary policy. Well, the dollar certainly is uh, on its way out, and it has been for a long time. It's been losing its value consistently ever since they took away the, the gold backing from it. So, I mean, that's, that's, it's inevitable uh, that that's, uh, that's going to happen, and I think you're right. It would certainly open up an opportunity for them to introduce uh, another fiat currency as the, you know, the, the, the panacea, the, the cure-all for all that, uh, it, that ails us. Right. Now, so Chanda Panda, um, you, you got involved in this with the breakdown. How, how did that happen? Well, my breakdown happened last year um, during G20, September 25th, 24th, 25th. 
I was watching online all of the footage, and I'm so grateful for people. A lot of people in this movement do the same thing. They take you know camcorders out on the streets and they record what the mainstream media won't record. And so my breakdown, not an automotive breakdown, occurred um, that made me want to get involved in this movement and fighting a police state because it was very apparent last year, you know, when you have thousands, 10,000, I believe they had last year, cops in Pittsburgh. You have cops keeping students out of school. You have them having checkpoints in order to get close to these leaders that control or represent 85% of the gross national product of the world and two-thirds of the population. That's a lot of that's – that's a little bit of people having a lot of power over if, – If I may, I, I'd just like to correct you. I don't like calling them leaders. Do they lead you? No. Yeah, they do they're not. Just, they're just not thugs. Yeah, they're just, uh, they're just people that want to control gangsters. others. Yeah, that's a better word. Yeah, gangsters. how about that? <laughs> the banksters. It's the banksters. So, uh, so you guys are going out there. When is that happening? The G20. We actually have to leave here. That's what I was oh, so no. mad. What? Actually, yes, tomorrow. I asked, I asked Farron to change the day to pork fest, and he wouldn't, and it was so mad. They should change the G20 for pork. They fest. should, but I, they won't listen to me if I call them up and yeah. ask them. But I, tr- I tried with Farron, and he wouldn't do it. So unfortunately, and I went to every Patriot event last year, and these two were the best. So what we need right now is we need soldiers to step up. We need people like if you've been kind of thinking about it, like maybe you want to go to G20, maybe you won't. I mean, this is what inspired her last year. I mean, this is why she does this now. And it's it's a it's a job that's needed. I mean, last year we had we had about 30 people up on the front lines. But we were up against armed men in full combat gear, head to toe, you know, SWAT team guys with uh, shields and LRADs, which is the sound cannon weapon, which is what they used against the Iraqi insurgents. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now they're using this against the American people and they've got pepper spray. It's, but it, it's, you know, somebody's got to be up there, guys, because it's like if we don't tell them where that line is, they will keep pushing it, and they will keep pushing it. And, you know, you think one of the, they, they want a couple of your rights, but they don't. They want all of them. So, like, they will push it. It's like we need people to help us out. Now, what does it mean to you, uh, Brooke? I mean, uh, just to throw maybe a tough question out at you. You use the term patriot event. I don't consider this to be a patriot movement. I consider it to be a liberty movement. What does patriot mean to you? I mean, that's, I, I believe that that's people who believe in what the founding fathers put forward. Uh, Slavery? Ah, see, you've always been on me about that because I used to work for. I used to work. That's what they put forward. I I used to work with Restore the Republic, and he's like, "Great, Restore the Republic, huh? Let's let's get some more slaves." Look, Brooke, I used to believe in the Constitution and the Republic, and you know the founding fathers and all that stuff. And then I came across, as uh, Mark Stevens might point out, the uh, the Constitution of No Authority. Are you familiar with that? No, no. Sander Spooner uh, created a, uh, a, a competing postal service, if you will, back in the 1800s. And the government people didn't like that very much, so they went after him and they arrested his employees and they did everything that they could to, uh, to shut this guy down because he was making them look bad. You know, He was knocking the, uh, the pants off of them as far as delivery and, and all that, just like UPS and FedEx do today. And he wrote a bunch of, uh, of things about why the government is entirely illegitimate. And one of them that's, uh, I think, most popular is the, it's what's, it's what's called the uh, No Treason, the Constitution of No Authority. And he go, in, in it, he talks about how ludicrous uh, the whole idea is because, you know, the the, uh, the Constitution is supposedly this document that sets, uh, creates rules for the government. Of course, we all know that they don't follow the rules, and he knew that in the 1800s. 
Uh, and he also pointed out that the people that signed the Constitution were no longer alive when he was alive, and they certainly aren't around now. Uh, so how they could possibly bind anybody else but themselves to an agreement like that is is pretty absurd. So uh, so it was it was when I came across those ideas that the the whole government uh, republic constitution it lost its sheen and it lost its glimmer because what matters to me isn't some old document and their, some of their ideas were good right I mean they were moving in the right direction and and for their worldview at the time and what they knew what they did was the best they could do and now we can take that to the next level by going moving beyond the idea of having this coercive violent monopoly that we know of as the, the United States or the state of New Hampshire, those organizations, and actually have human interaction that's based on voluntary interactions. And, and that's why I, call, I consider this the liberty movement, uh, because I have no love for the country. I have no love for the concept of collectivizing and, and uh, the United States and things like that. I love freedom. I love uh, individuals being able to live their lives however they want without some officious bureaucrat ruling over them. And I have a feeling you all would agree with that. We all agree on liberty. Wait, wait, who said the anarchist thing? She's an anarchist. I don't think that we need, you know, I, I really like what you just said because I just really don't think that my idea of going to G20 is just showing them that we can break down systems and we don't need systems to to direct how to survive. That's built in us. It's in The market we, does that. Yeah, it happens na naturally. Absolutely. And uh, you're in the right place then, if I that's know. the case. So, I mean, is this your first time here in New Hampshire? It uh, is. How, how great is this so far for you? It's been the most awesome experience of my life today. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now, Brooke's old hat, she's been here a number of times, and you keep coming back, so obviously there's something exciting and, and special happening here, and, and we're glad you're here. It changed my life. I it know. did. It did. All, all, all of my whole year last year was made by the people and the experiences that I had here, and I got to keep those friendships. And, and I remember last year on the radio someone saying, I want to go, but I don't know. I'm not the I'm not I'm the shy type, and it's like just whoever you are, wherever you are, just come out. Like we, you know, yeah. it's like so many. Pe These are people you want to meet. Yes, They're if great. you know nobody, you will leave with like what a thousand, ten thousand friends. And it's always easier the second time around too, because then first time you meet people, and the second time everybody knows who you are. So thanks for coming on Free Talk Live tonight, ladies, and uh, more coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. We will do our best to get your calls in here as we have a bunch of interesting folks on our show tonight uh, here from the Porcupine Freedom Festival 2010 at Rogers Campground in beautiful Lancaster, New Hampshire, with hundreds so far of like-minded, liberty-oriented people all hanging out, getting to know one another, uh, continuing relationships uh, that they've uh, they begun to build over the years, and it's just an absolute blast. A whole bunch of brand new people here. I think it's almost 50% of the people in that crowd. Uh, Brad Jardis is sitting in the audience. You were you were standing there, Brad, as they asked the question, how many new people here for the first time how many hands went up i mean it was just incredible it was incredible so many people uh we'll get brad in here when we get a chance maybe later on tonight 800-259-9231 uh brooke kelly's still with us here for a quick moment you had one more thing you wanted to get out there brooke okay i just wanted to say this if you if you do nothing else like but if you just want to show up if you've been on the fence about it about going to g20 whether or not that's right for you we really just need support we need liberty people on you know the battlefield and it's not all about getting hurt you know i mean the people who are up at the way way front they risk more but when they say leave if you leave 
then that's it. But at least you showed up to give some support, and that's what we need. We just need as mi as many people as possible. Awesome. And how can people get in touch with you, Brooke? Uh, on Facebook is the best way. It's facebook.com backslash simply seeking freedom. You can also look up Chanda Seymour. Uh, but uh, but I, they have but, to do something. But I'm running out of friends, so I can't just add on everybody. You know, a random. Send me a note. Say something. Mention Free Talk Live. Say something about interest in G20 or whatever, mm -hmm. and then I'll I'll put you through, and we can get in touch, and then we can be a stronger group, and we can all be there, and we've got a lot of good things, and it's going to be exciting. So, Brooke, thanks so much as always for being so on Free Talk Live. Good seeing you, and thanks for being here at Pork Fest. Uh, as we continue with all kinds of interesting folks here doing different things, we had a couple of uh, restaurateurs in the beginning of the show. People here providing uh, great food services, but it's not just food uh, that is being purveyed here at uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's also feature films. Uh, John Shaw is with us tonight. He, you may know him if you've been to the BBS, which I mentioned earlier. He's one of the uh, the global moderators there on the Free Talk Live BBS. And uh, John, welcome back to uh, to Free Talk Live. Good evening. Now uh, you're here to debut a film, and we've been talking about it over the past few weeks on the show. The past uh, few months, and going on a year, it's Chartarum. Yeah, but yes. we've been really promoting yes. the, uh, the the debut of some of the footage and the soundtrack. Chartarum, what is it? Uh, it is a monster movie, uh, oh. in the classic sense of the term. Okay, uh, monster movie. I honestly, I don't know what that means. I haven't seen you know a rough cut or anything like that, so I'm pretty much in the dark. I know that a bunch of um, some of my friends from here in New Hampshire traveled down to Michigan to uh, to meet with you and to to become actors and crew members and things like that uh, in this project. So there are a number of liberty-minded folks that are in it. You yourself, obviously, a liberty-minded dude. Absolutely. How did that factor into uh, the script writing and the uh, the filmmaking? Um, we wanted to make a, a film with commercial appeal that would also uh, appeal to our crowd, our type of people. Um, and uh, we'd pretty much focus all our efforts on that. So we wanted to, we wanted to make sure that it had that, I, I guess the word you'd use, secular, uh, that, that open commercial appeal. Um, sure. I mean, Heinlein did this. Uh, Ayn Rand did, uh, did sort of some fiction works, and, and that's the idea is to include the, the ideas into the fiction. Yeah, work. absolutely. I mean, because otherwise what you're going to end up with is a, 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 a big incestual thing where we're all talking about the thing that we all like and nobody <laughs> else is hearing about it. And mm -hmm. Yep. So, uh, so Chartarum uh, debuting tomorrow night here at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. You're not going to show the whole thing. It's not done that's yet, right. right? Yeah, that's right. We're going to have the opening scene of the film, um, and then we're going to. I want to throw some props out to the, all the people who came out uh, from uh, New Hampshire to help make it possible. Because uh, without them, it wouldn't have happened. They worked for uh, basically food, right? I mean, you that, fed them, and it, yes, and uh, no plumbing. So wow, that's <laughs> yeah. hardcore. Yeah. So, uh, so also the soundtrack debuting uh, to, uh, this weekend as well, and you're right. actually autographing copies of it and everything like that. How's the reception been so far to Chartarum? Uh, I, we just started this morning. I, I've got some feedback. People are kind of they're saying it's okay. I mean, you know, I haven't. It, it's, it's hard to be effusive to somebody, uh, I guess, uh, but uh, I've heard good things. Now, uh, you, so you're you're hoping to turn a profit on this? Absolutely. Is this the first feature length uh, film that you've uh, you've cut together? No. No, really. No, I made a film in the early 90s that I lost. Let's just say it helped my freedom uh, mindset, the legal issues that I had to go through. Oh, my gosh. It. Not to mention the work. I mean, it must be quite a difference comparing the technology and filmmaking in the 19, early 1990s compared to today and what you can... You know, what you can get for $1,000 today, you couldn't even come close to. I, I would not ago. have been able to make this movie 
without the current technology. To make it or distribute it, right? I mean, Absolutely. Because, because Absolutely. It, now it's my understanding you want to sell it to a distributor if you could, but if you can't, you'll have to do it yourself, won't you? Absolutely. Well, we have a multi-tiered design. Uh, if we can't get it into Hollywood, which I probably be unlikely due to ratings issues, yeah. uh, because we're freedom lovers, we do movies the way we want to and mm-hmm. not the way other people do. Um, so it probably wouldn't play well in theaters uh, for that kind of crowd. But uh, we're looking for either an unrated or to distribute it ourselves. Now, monster movies have this kind of uh, uh, genre. People like it. Um, there's there's a lot of people that buy them. Um, you know, these these sort of B monster movie um, things. What um, you're, I assume you're going to incorporate on that? Uh, you know, some enterprise on that somehow. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, basically, the thing is, is it's easy to do uh, for a low budget. Um, you can put it on the screen. You can get a lot of bang for your buck uh, in because you can edit to make things scary. I mean, I can I can do all the post-production and make it scary after the fact. You don't need as much in the way of uh, uh, amazing acting. You can take a decent actor and make them look a lot better with a lot of editing because mm-hmm. you're, you're more concerned with suspense than story. Gotcha. Well, in fact, uh, I know that one of your actors, uh, Dale, who's our co-host on Friday nights on Free Talk Live, uh, has been inspired by you uh, in the filmmaking that you've done to start his own filmmaking uh, company, basically. And, and, and you know, I'm not saying he's emulating you exactly, but uh, he's going out there and he's, he's jumping into the marketplace. Well, I think it's fantastic. Uh, we're gonna, I'm going to be there for a script reading. Um, oh, cool. And that's tomorrow, is it tomorrow or Saturday? Saturday, I believe. Yeah. So people can come out and they can get a taste of what's coming from Dale. And, uh, and I know that he's going to be pe- bringing people on for roles. And I think it's going to be mostly New Hampshire folks. It's going to be all produced here in New Hampshire. Yeah, yeah. So I don't want to talk about him too much. How can people go and learn more about uh, Chartarum? Uh, you can go to uh, chartarum.com, C-H-A-R-T-A-R-U-M, now, or Think Twice Productions as well. That's what I was going to ask you about a moment, uh, is Think Twice. You started with Think Twice News. I mean, when we, we started promoting uh, your video products on Free Talk Live. It was Think Twice News. Then you went off in the, the fiction direction. Yeah. Uh, what, uh, is Think Twice News going to come back when you've got a little Absolutely. more time? Yeah, as soon as, as, soon as uh, basically, I'm kind of doing 90-hour weeks. The movie mm-hmm. is all me at this point until it's done. You're in the editing bay, basically. Yeah, I, I, special effects, you name it. Um, so until we get uh, to a point where I can wrap up post-production and start mm-hmm. getting into marketing of the film, uh, it's going to be mostly that. Now, I have stuff on deck. I've got three or four pieces for Think Twice News. It's just a matter of making the time. It's all about making the time, no Absolutely. doubt about it. So chartarum.com, C-H-A-R-T-A-R-U-M. Chartarum. Chartarum.com. There are dogs at Porkfest, just so you know. The monsters are here. And there are very, some very beautiful dogs here, actually, as a matter of fact. And uh, d- you know what, uh, John Shaw, thanks for coming on tonight. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Mark? I'm just uh, saying, it's a family event. Of course, there are, there's animals yeah. everywhere. It's a campground. Uh, I haven't seen any cats yet, though. That just seems like a bad idea. 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up absolutely anything. You know, speaking of movies, there's news on our front page at freetalklive.com about Toy Story 3, which is pretty exciting. More on the way. Your calls as well. If we get a chance, we'll share that with you. Uh, but we've got so many interesting people here tonight, I don't know if we'll get that chance. So in the meantime, go to freetalklive.com and check it out. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. So busy talking uh, to the audience here and having a good time during the breaks at the uh, Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's much better than bickering with you, Mark, as uh, we, we seem to so often while Pound we're in salt. the studio. 
Town Hall. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And we can take your calls about what you want. We will do that here in a moment. Uh, we've got uh, very interesting folks to, uh, to talk to tonight. As always, this place... The Porcupine Freedom Festival here, uh, the 2010 edition from Rogers Campground in New Hampshire, completely packed full of uh, amazing, interesting people. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking, computer memory, and telecom accessory needs. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, XFPs, GBICs, ZenPacs, and X2s. They're all 100% compatible with all the major networking equipment manufacturers out there at up to 99% off of list price. They even do customized uh, transceivers solutions for you. It's MemoryDealers.com. They've got their stuff in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. All right. Uh, Toll-free number again, 800-259-9231. Uh, joining us here tonight, Mark, can you introduce our, uh, our next guest? Well, John, you're, um, what, what's your last name, John? Bush. John Bush. No and relation. <laughs> John was on our show uh, during the Liberty Forum, is, if I'm recalling correctly. Indeed. And you're, uh, you've been very concerned about these fusion centers that have been popping up the, uh, across the United States. I guess they're, they're state-run organizations that are fused with the federal government's Department of Homeland Security, which scares the heck out of me. And um, A, what do these organizations do? And B, there's one coming up in New Hampshire, right? Sure. A fusion center is basically a multi-jurisdictional, multi-regional uh, task force whose purpose is to centralize and standardize the information gathering and intelligence sharing practices. They fuse together local, state, and federal law enforcement, and they're all under the uh, mandate of the Department of Homeland Security, and they're created through federal grants. And luckily for you guys here in New Hampshire, there's a fusion center headed your way. It just passed through the state house. Uh, in Senate, I believe, earlier this month in 2010. And one of the reasons why it poses a threat to Americans, but especially to the free staters up here, is because they have been known to go after uh, First Amendment protected activity in the past that represents a threat to the establishment. And I can't think of too many other groups that represent a significant threat to the status quo to the state as the Free State Project with the civil disobedience, oh, yeah. the open carrying, just the open defiance. They're definitely afraid about that, of that, and they're using these fusion center systems in order to not only marginalize uh, the dissidents in the eyes of law enforcement, but also in the eyes of the American public as well. So... Go ahead, Mark. Oh, uh, so so the uh, the fusion center is coming to New Hampshire. So what is that? I mean, what is that going to mean? That that over time they're slowly because government moves pretty slowly. I mean, that's one of the things that we definitely have in our favor is that they've got a lot of intentions and things they like to do to control us. But thank goodness they're not so quick about getting around to it. So so like down the lo down the line, what do these people want to do? What what kind? I mean, you're talking about standardizing. What's the uh, the actual? Uh, what do you think some of the effects of that would mm -hmm. be? The meat and potatoes. Uh, we recently um, battled against the Austin Regional Intelligence Center. Thankfully, we were able to catch the fact that there was going to be a fusion center coming to Austin, much like we caught the fact that there's one coming to New Hampshire. And one of the things that we pushed back there is they were going to include a public health analyst within the fusion center. So public were, he health analyst. Well, that sounds good. We want a healthy public. That's right. That's right. It kind of ties <laughs> in with the Obamacare, in a sense, and the information and health gathering there. But basically, they wanted to put a public health slash medical analyst at the fusion center that would track epidemiological diseases and epidemiological surveillance, and they would also assist in mass prophylaxis, which means disease prevention. So they're going to assist people in not getting diseases. How would they do that? Well, I would 
venture to guess that it could potentially be, since they're tying it in with a law enforcement, keyword force, right. fusion center, a medical analyst, they could potentially use this medical analyst in order to go after individuals who have refused to take their swine flu vaccination, potentially. Uh, we managed to make a big stink about it in the media. They told us the whole while that the only information that would be collected by the Fusion Center would be information based on a criminal predicate that meets the Fourth Amendment reasonable suspicion standard. But unfortunately, Fusion Centers across the country are more than that. They're taking on not only an all-terror and all-crimes approach, but an all-hazards approach. So basically, if there's anything that's a threat to the public good or to public safety, these fusion centers will go after information, even if it's private information. And when they yeah. say public good and public safety, they mean the government. That's when the government when the government people use the term public anything, they mean us, the government. Not when I say us, I mean them, not us. Uh, that's what they're talking about. The public good means, well, are we getting more taxes out of it? Uh, is it good for our agencies? Is it good for our power? Nothing. It, it, nothing never has anything to do with you when they're talking about the public. Right. right. There's um, the, the, just to give people an idea of this, these organizations and what they do and and what you know. For instance, this uh, the, the the I don't know this doctor fellow who is going to make sure that people get vaccinations might do is that, um, you know, the MIAC report that came out where they said, oh, well, people that talk about the Constitution a little too much, they could be terrorists. Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, people that like Ron Paul or whatever, they, they, they had a list of, uh, you know, watch out, these people could be homegrown terrorists. Mm -hmm. And so that's how they operate. That's how it is that they try to prevent terrorism as sure. well by focusing on citizens who are concerned about their government. Yeah. In addition to the, the threat through the public health and, you know, through gathering private health information, one of the things that they're known for is their threat to, again, legitimately constitutionally protected activity. And what I've noticed is the groups that they go after, and they go after these groups through creating strategic reports, which they then put onto local law enforcement, which then puts in the minds of the local law enforcement that individuals like us and people in this room are a threat to them. They're more likely to abuse that individual's civil liberties. Uh, they mainly go after groups that choose to operate outside of the monopoly on power that the federal government has. Mm -hmm. So they go after anarchists. They go after sovereign citizens. They go after militia members. And it's not just right wing. They're bipartisan. They also go after black separatist groups uh, or the anarchist groups, uh, Earth Liberation Front, stuff like that. So I think that there's po definitely potential for this fusion center to be used to the detriment of the Free State Project and what you guys are trying to organize. They go as far as to recommend, because it's all based on intelligence-led policing, which is pre-crime, before they would, you know, a crime would go, commit, somebody would commit a crime, then they'd investigate, and then they would convict that person and hope that the conviction would be a deterrent. What they want to do now is prevent crimes before they happen. So they're going as far as to investigating people that are going to be organizing rallies and protests and investigating oh the organization and everybody that belongs to the same organization as this individual. So by the virtue of somebody being suspicious in some means, and it doesn't even have to be criminal, they say if something happens that is reasonably indicative of pre-operational planning that may be related to terrorist or criminal activity, then they are now fair game to have information collected on them, not only them, but also everybody that they're associated with. Now, um, I know the FBI has uh, sent infiltrating groups, uh, infiltra infiltrators into the groups that just really seem silly to me, uh, peace activist groups, the Quakers, um, you know, just organizations where, you know, nobody's going to be any kind of, uh, you know, physical danger to the government or its agents. But, you know, they, they send infiltrators in anyway. I, I can only assume that this is going to be another step in that direction. 
Yeah, and again, they tend not to be concerned with groups or organizations, individuals or organizations that choose to use the political channels that they've granted to us in mm -hmm. order to affect change. They're more concerned with individuals that choose to operate outside of that system and basically openly defy yeah. the establishment. And that's because they, they have a history how, of going after those groups. They know how effective it, it they, can be and right. how threatening that is to their uh, their power structure. Sure. So, I mean, it's... It, the good thing about, uh, you know, they can go ahead and send their undercover feds in here to New Hampshire and they can trash talk all they want. But the good news is it's only going to help what we're doing in the long run because, A, the people I know in this movement are not violent and they're not planning violence. They're peaceful evolutionists. They're people that want to move forward and move away from government without trying to overthrow it or do something to, uh, you know, just to physically destroy uh, them. Uh, so there's nothing they're going to find is, is basically what I'm saying. Of course, what we know well, about the feds is they're going to find exactly what they're looking for, people that are protesting against the government. Yeah, but they're look, they, they want, one of the things they do, though, and we know they do this, is they come in and they start advocating for the violence. They come in and they start trying to suggest violence to people and put those ideas in people's heads. And so people who are of the liberty mindset should be aware of that, wherever they are, whether, wherever it's in New Hampshire or across the world. If you've got somebody coming into your group who's talking about, well, we should do this or you should do that or, you know, in, in involving some sort of violent suggestions, do not trust that person. That person is likely, a, you know, somebody who's trying to get you into some trouble. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they've actually used Fusion Center analysts and individuals that have been positioned at the Fusion Centers in Seattle, uh, for example, to go after and do that provocateuring. But Catherine Bleich and myself are going to be speaking on behalf of Operation Defuse, OperationDefuse.com, tomorrow here oh, thank at 3 o'clock, I believe. OperationDefuse.com is how folks can get in touch with you, John Bush. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's D-E-F-U-S-E, -E, like Defuse. Yes. OperationDefuse.com. Thanks for coming on the show tonight. Appreciate thank you the very heads much. up. Uh, and more coming up here. Stefan Molyneux in hour number three and plenty of other interesting folks also on the way. Your calls as well. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. We are at the Porcupine Freedom Festival 2010 edition. Same place as last year, and it's such a great place to be. Rogers Campground right next to the White Mountains. An incredible view, but uh, the campground is filled with incredible people as well, and that's the most important part, is socializing and meeting some of these amazing folks that are here. Uh, many of them have made the move here to New Hampshire as part of the Free state project to advance liberty in our lifetime and a, a bunch of these people uh folks have uh have just as their very first time in new hampshire uh this weekend for the porcupine freedom festival to check things out kind of get a feel for the uh the scene and what's going on up here in fact we'll go to the phones here real quick before we get to our next guest dave is on the line in texas dave you're on free talk live with ian and mark hey what's up guys um hey i love what you're doing i mean thanks for you know many hands light work we're all trying to spread the message right a little bit of sanity, a little bit of rationality for the insane world we live in, right? I mean, I, I, you probably read newspaper headlines, and they are absolutely insane, right? Do you agree with me? Yeah, there's a lot of craziness out there. Go ahead. Right, right. The post-imperial president, man, I mean, it, it's great. The man who increases troops, post-imperial, man. You know, Obama is anti-war by increasing, downsizing, <laughs> according to Time, Time Magazine. Right? Yeah, are there still downsizing people that are... the war by increasing the number of troops. It's, it's, sure, it makes uh, sense. I mean, are there still people out there that believe this guy, that, uh, that are still uh, making excuses for him? Uh, I really have no idea. I, I mean, it's hard for me to understand what people believe. I, I think people do. I think I, I talk to a lot of people. I, I try to speak to a lot of people, and people are, um, 
I mean, I don't understand it myself when I talk to them, but I also understand I've been actually paying attention now over the, at least the past four years or so. And I realize I, too, once was locked in some heavy ideology and was intentionally keeping stuff out. And, of course, mm-hmm. I, and part of that had to do with my own personal uh, life and choices I made and things I did, what I knew when I knew it, and uh, things I did which don't put me in a very good light. But in any case, here's my situation right now and why I called in. I um, you know, pretty regularly talk to some other liberty-minded people online, uh, not so many around here. I mean, right now I live in a place where people are perfectly fine with putting a bumper sticker on their car that says they want me in front of a firing squad. I mean, that's beautiful, oh right? <laughs> You've seen that one, right? You don't want to stand behind our troops, stand in front of them. Huh? Oh, yeah, that's disgusting. Yeah, that's uh, a sweet sentiment. Um, a- anyway, so I'm relocating uh, somehow. I-, I mean, I think I'm going to end up in Cali, so I'm going to go from a place where people want to use guns on me to a place where people don't want to have me to have a gun. Uh, and I don't think I've ever actually met an anti-gun person. That's kind of strange. I just kind of like being an anti-nail or an anti-hammer person. You know, you're against a piece of metal. So why are you right? moving to California? I'm just a little uh, confused. Yeah, financial issues, right? Um, there's an opportunity. I can take it. Okay. And I'm having some financial difficulties at the time. Um, and so not what's only the financial. issue? Uh, the, the issue is I can't seem to pull my head together, right? The, the issue is, uh, you know, I, I get... Like Anxiety, I get, uh, then it goes into deep apathy. Uh, I stayed in my apartment for like three weeks without leaving it all. And you believe uh, that going to California is going to help this problem? Well, it's gonna, it's gonna keep a roof over my head, is what I'm saying, right? Um, yeah, you have uh, roofs in your hands. I got going on. I'm okay. Gonna, well, hey, good good luck to you. What do you what do you want from me? How can we help you? Well, well what I'm asking you is because I've been talking to some people, and you know, one of them at least suggests, you know. New Hampshire. Now, this person's never been to New Hampshire, right? So I don't know. They, they got some idealized version of it. There's going to be a liberty scene. There's going to be a place where I can be feel sane, right? No, there's no scene. There's no misery. liberty scene here. What's that? There's, it's dead. Freedom dead here in New Hampshire. There's nobody. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's not hundreds of people moving here as part of the Free State Project and, uh, and getting active in various different ways. That's not happening. It's all just a rumor. We're just joshing it. <laughs> Okay, okay. So a little bit over the top there. I hear you, man. But, I, I mean, I don't know. Uh-huh. Um, what, what kind of stuff is going on? What kind of uh, people are out there? And, and do you think... What kind of... This is a great I, question. I now, myself, have you been listening to the show tonight? Uh, I'm sorry, I haven't. I really don't... Um, okay, uh, here's what I, I recommend you do. Go to freetalklive.com. Here's what you should do. Go to freetalklive.com. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure I, I, and then I you can go and download no last night's... You can go and download uh-huh. last night's show. And we uh, that was our first Porcupine Freedom Festival show was last night. And we have all kinds of interesting people that have come on the show with us. And more will come on here tonight. And uh, more will come on tomorrow and the, the day after that. Right. So if you want to know some of the kinds of people that are here in New Hampshire, you will hear a sampling of them oh. on these very airwaves. And uh, thank you, uh, Dave, for the call tonight. I, I appreciate hearing Don't forget you. the downloads are free. Oh, well, certainly uh, at freetalklive.com. So what kinds of people are here in New Hampshire? Well, Daniel is here with us on uh, the third microphone. Daniel, what kind of a person are you? Well, I'm, I'm kind of an academic. I like to study things and read and do things like that. And where did you come from? Uh, Kentucky. Well, okay, that's a long way to go. And then Dave's in Texas, and he's looking at going to California. And somebody said New Hampshire, and that's uh, complete, two completely different worlds. Uh, why did you end up in New Hampshire as opposed to California? Well, I had been looking at the Free State Project and considering it, and um, I've, I've had my trigger point where I actually decided to actually sign the statement. 
and that was when uh, I was talking to the Libertarian chair in Kentucky and uh, asked him, how, this, how is the silver economy coming? Because one thing I believe is that um, our current currency is, will no, not suit our purpose, like just the purpose of being a human mm-hmm. um, in the future. I don't know how long out. And um, I don't know how long out. So, so I feel that we need to have an alternate um, to our current currency to prevent wars and putting people in jail that you might not want to. Oh yeah, the fiat currency is a terrible evil thing, and uh, also that it won't last. It will. It will eventually collapse. They've all done that, and. Um, yeah, but you're just an academic. You just feel that way. You've done a bunch of research, and okay, great. So the currency's bad. You're not actually doing anything about it, right? Well, I wanted to do things about it by actually trading in something else. In Kentucky, you wanted to in do Kentucky, it. In Kentucky, yes. How'd that work out? Uh, not very well, because I asked who I thought would be the one guy to ask, and he said, well, he didn't understand the question. That was the thing that really... Whoa. Happened. This is the head of the libertarians in Kentucky? Well, then? I asked him where, what's going on with the silver economy, and he's he, his question had nothing to do with oh these trades are happening in silver or anything like that. It was just some quite. It wasn't an answer to my wow. question. Like a blank stare. What yeah. what economy? It wasn't even nothing is going on. It was something strange. So what are you doing to uh, to advance the ideas of alternative currencies that are value backed? Well, I'm promoting. Um, I promote silver just by uh, telling people about it, but also I I buy it and I mm-hmm. trade in it. When after I got to New Hampshire, I found many people who would be willing to accept silver for goods and services. Now, it's not a very uh, large uh, large contingent of people, but at the same time, it is a contingent, and it can grow. So There's a good contingent of them here at Portfest. Yes. A lot of the businesses that are here, uh, the people that are selling services and products, are accepting both. They're taking FRNs, the Federal Reserve notes, and many of them also have a silver price. Right. Yes, so that's what needs to happen if we're really going to um, undermine the current currency, and we really should do that because when the currency goes bad, I mean, just go to your grocery and look at the prices and think about what they were 10 years ago. Yeah. When the currency goes bad, uh, we need something to replace it. So if people are um, informed and ready to just switch to silver, the transition will actually be rather pleasant, I believe, mm. for most people, the, the people that are in the know, and then everybody else will just come along. Well, you, you'll start to hold value in your money instead yes. of losing it constantly yes. through uh, the government inflating the money supply yes. and if you own a little silver you see this and it's it's just it feels just great but um i'm not here so i'll be speaking at the alt expo but and i won't be speaking about silver per se what i'm going to speak about is this um the idea of shire hours which is a, a way to uh transact currency Get real close on your mic okay here. so it's a way to transact um to perform transactions without actually exchanging any uh, commodity. It's kind of like you just trust the person that they're going to give you back something in value in the future. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's a reputation factor uh, involved. Yes, th- very much so. Uh, you. So the idea is that you create account on ShireHours.com, and it's already up and running, run by donations, and um, uh, you establish trust relationships with other people that you actually trust. And mm-hmm. one thing I do with the people I do know, I have to know them, like be able to see them, uh, maybe extend up to two ounces, uh, up to about 20 buck credit with them. And um, 
So, so that way, if they get dip you or something, it's not that big a deal. And that starts building these trust relationships. And once the network of trust relationships gets big enough, then anybody can pay anybody else. It doesn't have to be a direct uh, relation to you, somebody you directly trust. It'll pay through somebody you do trust. I think this is an interesting concept on, a, on its face, and I, I'm interested in learning more about it. And I think as time goes on, we'll start to, as, as other people yes. jump on board, ShireHours.com, you said, was the website? Yes, ShireHours.com. Folks can go there, and Dave in Texas can go visit that website to see what one activist here is doing in New Hampshire. And you're just one of hundreds who have already uh, made the move, and things are just so exciting. And how long have you been here now, Daniel? Oh, less than a year. Was it a good choice? Um, yes. The move? Yes, I've, I've got a better job. Everything's going fantastic. It, Better than expected. There's a lot of anxiety. More coming up here. Hour 3 is on the way with Stefan Molyneux next. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. And I'm so excited about the pork fest. I just made a mistake, and I, I spoke too early. Uh, our, our listeners in uh, New York in uh, listening to WNYY in Ithaca just heard me talk over their liner that was running at the, the top of the hour. So apologies there to the program director. Uh, 800-259-9231 is the number here. You can take control of the airways. We'll still let you call in and talk about anything. That's uh, always the format of the show. But our Porcupine Freedom Festival shows are a little bit different. For those of you just tuning in, uh, perhaps in Charleston or in Ithaca, this is an unusual show for Free Talk Live. You're used to hearing us open up the phones every night, take calls about next to anything. Thing, and that is what we will certainly do here tonight. But we've also got interesting guests, people uh, who, and this is normally not a guest-based show. Uh, it is a show that focuses on uh, the people that want to call in and contribute. But when we're at the Porcupine Freedom Festival or the Liberty Forum, the two live events that we go and we perform our shows at every single year, we are just surrounded by some of the most interesting folks. And so we would be silly uh, to uh, exclude them from, uh, from these conversations. And one of those uh, people is has actually made an international trip to uh, to come here. <laughs> You've crossed the imaginary line in the sand, and you are now here in the political designation known as New Hampshire, uh, Lancaster, to be specific, here at Rogers Campground, which is a, just a beautiful location. Stefan Molyneux from Freedomain Radio at freedomainradio.com. Welcome back on Free Talk Live. Thank you very much. It's, uh, it's great to be here. And, uh, yeah, if anybody's around, uh, come down. To, we had a sunset tonight that was just staggering. Did you see oh. the moon and the clouds and the mountains? It is absolutely beautiful up here. So The sunrise is also beautiful. The, the vista is incredible here uh, at, uh, at Rogers Campground. But the people, as I've been saying all night, are the real reason to come here. And, Stefan, it's not your first time in New Hampshire. You uh, came to the Liberty Forum to do, I believe, the closing speech. Was it last year? Yeah, it was last, uh, last month. I came down and um, had a sp- as spectacular a time there as I'm having here. So, it, it's a, now it's a different feel, though, right? I mean, the, the the Liberty Forum's in a hotel. You know, everybody's cooped up in the hotel. It's winter time, and here it's the middle of summer. The weather is just incredible. I mean, there's rain, but it's the summertime in New Hampshire. Things change. It's gone from sunny to rainy to sunny to cloudy. It's gone from from starchy to hippie. I think that's what yeah. you're trying to say. And <laughs> I, I think this I would true. agree. And it's a lot of fun too. I mean, everybody's spread out. They're kind of cross pollinating across campsites, meeting one another, and, and as I was saying earlier, old friends uh, meeting new friends, and it, it's just a it's a it's a huge family of uh, of people that are, really belong together. Yeah. So. You gave the opening uh, speech just, well, what, hour or two ago, and I thought it was 
phenomenal. And thank you. Thank <laughs> I guess you. what I want I, I guess I want you to do the impossible, which is to take your uh, hour-long speech and condense it down into ten minutes for my my listeners. All right, but I'm going to have to switch to Klingon to achieve. <laughs> Some of you, a few of your listeners will go. All right, it's finally paying off all that study. <laughs> um, you mean literally a few? A few, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so th this is the argument encapsulated very briefly. What's my time frame here? Just uh... oh, we'll you know we'll inter interrupt you. All right, okay. So and, and interrupt away where and if people want to call in, of course, uh, and, and question it. So the argument is this: that if you're really comfortable with the use of violence, you call it by what it actually is. You say some guy runs at you with a chainsaw and you shoot him in the leg. You say I shot him in the leg because it was self-defense, right? So when you're comfortable, you use the actual words. However, everything that the government does. Is, is shrouded in this fog of confusing euphemisms that people don't actually want to say what is really going on. Mm. And that indicates that people who aren't libertarians, people who have never even heard of this philosophy, they're not comfortable with what the government is doing. Because if they were comfortable with, the government, with what the government was doing, they wouldn't use the word taxation. They'd say theft. Like if some guy right. steals your bike and then you have to go and steal it back, you say, well, I went and stole my bike back. I went and got my bike back. I went and took my bike back. You wouldn't say I went and nationalized my bike and redistributed it to the more needy. And you, you would just call it by what it is. You went and stole your bike back because you're comfortable with that use of, of, of force. So when you get that people use these euphemisms all the time, you really understand that they don't like what the government is doing. And that's why they have to invent all this. Somewhere this inside, somewhere deep inside. Yeah, it's, really, it's wrong. really deep. It's really deep. So you're saying when uh, people uh, you know, talk about Operation uh, Iraqi Freedom, that in fact the United States uh, government and military, and I think Canada, uh, Canadian um, too, went, did not go over there and free the Iraqis? Is that what the claim is? They can't call about what it legally is, which is imperial invasion. Because right? that would actually be what it is. And they can't, they can't identify, even I think consciously, the real cause of war, which is not aggression against foreign nations. It is aggression against the taxpayers to pay for those foreign invasions, because without the aggression against the American taxpayer, the war would be impossible. So they're not even comfortable calling the Iraqi invasion by what it actually is, and they're not even comfortable talking about the theft and coercion against the American citizen. The primary war is against the American citizen, not the Iraqis. It's only secondarily mm -hmm. against the Iraqis, because you couldn't have the war against the Iraqis without the war against the American citizens. And so people aren't comfortable. Once we understand that people aren't comfortable, that they live in a kind of horror of the society that they live in, which is why they have to use all these euphemisms, then you understand that you can't beat this game of coercion without, like, unless you redefine the language. Don't use the language that they use. So, for example, if you want to defend freedom and someone comes up to you and says, you can defend freedom, but I have to ask you to refer to it as puppy strangling, <laughs> you'd say, uh, no. I'm not going gonna, gonna to say, yeah. well, I'm in favor of constitutionally limited puppy strangling. I'm, I'm in favor of a bill of rights that protects puppy stranglers only when the majority agrees that it's okay. Right? You, the moment you accept the term puppy stranglers, you've lost the debate. And so the moment you're talking about something like social security, how could you be against social security? No child left behind. What, are you in favor of leaving children behind? That can't mm -hmm. be right. Pa Patriot Act. The Patriot Act. I'm against both patriotism and action. I mean, that, that's just mm -hmm. not right. So... You have to stop using the language that is defined by the government to describe its, it's own their, actions. It's their words. It's their words. You can't 
you can't wrestle this gun away from the mugger and use it. It's, it, it their language defines it. Well, somebody threw out we uh, when you were asking the, the crowd tonight. Throw out some of these euphemisms, and we is one of the shortest ones. I mean, the idea that uh, that we are them, uh, that, uh, you know, no, no, I didn't vote for you. They keep telling me that. Well, you voted for us. No, no it wasn't me. Oh, uh, well, you know, I'm your representative. No, you aren't. Well, we're your leaders. No, you're not, and I'm not you. Until there's a checkbox on that ballot that says none of the above, it's yeah. all nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you, you have to reject the language. Uh, when I talk about Social Security, people think, like if I say I'm against Social Security, they say, you want the old to die in the streets of hunger and cold, right? Because you're against help to the aged, as if that has anything to do with Social Security. Yeah. So you have to break it down from the language to what people are actually doing. So in Social Security, you're taking money from people at gunpoint, you're blowing it on whatever the government wants to spend money on that year, and then there's left a dusty old IOU in a safe somewhere that when the old people go to get it, there's nothing there. So they have to start stealing from the younger people then who are poorer than they ever were because of higher taxes, higher property costs, uh, higher regulation costs, fewer job opportunities. So it's a Ponzi scheme is what it is. Now, if you're arguing against a Ponzi scheme, people will say, well, that makes sense. I may not agree, but they do understand that it makes sense. If you're arguing against Social Security and care for the aged, you can't. So you have to break it down from the language to what is actually happening, which is people pointing guns at other people, taking stuff from them, leaving crappy IOUs that amount to nothing, and then stealing from the next generation. Like, why do we call it the national debt? Why do we call it selling our children? Because it's tougher to defend selling your children. Oh, they've already sold the children. We're selling the grandchildren selling at this the point. Selling the grandchildren, I mean, right. <laughs> Really? I mean, that's, that's exactly what uh, the government's doing at this point with its, its massive debts. Um, and, and, you know, they're, my son's future has already been mortgaged. It's his kid at this point. Right. So, so we have to stop using the language that the government is using. We have to start breaking it down to what the words actually represent, what is actually happening. Like, no child left behind. I won't argue in the language called no child left behind because it's not about leaving children behind. It's about not using violence to educate people because all you educate children when you use violence to educate them, all you educate them to, to understand and to believe is that violence works, except when you use it. So not only are we violent as a society, we're hypocritical because we say, don't you steal from each other, you children, but the teacher's going to be paid by money that is stolen from a citizen. So it's, it's worse than being violent. It's being violent and hypocritical, and I think kids pick up on that. You know, just to, uh, to, to go off on a slight tangent on uh, education, have you met uh, Brett from the School Sucks Project? I have interviewed Brett from the School Sucks Project. I've pimped his, uh, okay. his uh, School Sucks Project. He's here. Have you, do you know? Have you? Yeah, yeah. We, okay. we've just, uh, we were just having a hero together. Oh, excellent. You <laughs> would know it as a gyro. So have you heard about what's been going out on in Keene uh, with the School Sucks? No, I'd oh, love we, to hear that. The, so the school's out now at this point, but uh, but we've been going out in front of the middle school. Sam uh, Dodson from ObscuredTruth.com and myself and a few other activists in the area have been going out with School Sucks Project signage. As well as freekeen.com. And standing out in front of the middle school and the high school when they get out. That way, literally hundreds of eyes are, are seeing, you know, schoolsucksproject.com. And, of course, the word sucks. That's a naughty word. And so people are very, very upset. There have been newspaper articles written about this. All kinds of, like, controversy has bubbled up because we're threatening their words. We're threatening their uh, status quo. And they're very upset about you it. You know, when I was a student. Hold that uh, thought. Yeah, Hold yeah, that yeah. thought. More on the way here uh, with Stefan Molyneux. This is Free Grabs head. This is Free Talk Live. Freedom Festival here at Rogers Campground 
in Lancaster, New Hampshire. Uh, it's an amazing chance to come up and be with some awesome people, people who are thinkers and doers and activists and uh, folks that are getting out there, getting the liberty message out to as many people as possible and, and, uh, and doing whatever it takes to advance freedom in our lifetime. But the most important factor is that they're concentrating. They're, they're coming here to New Hampshire because, at least where I come from, it just seemed like liberty was going nowhere. Despite uh, no, no matter how much effort I would put into it, no matter how much money I would put into it, I felt like nothing was happening. Now, maybe it was the case that I was changing hearts and minds and that long, down the line, Florida will be set free. But <laughs> I certainly don't expect to see that anytime soon. And when I came across the idea of the Free State Project, it was like a no-brainer. I thought, wow, uh, I've got to be together with more people who have the same level of dedication that, uh, that I do to this movement. And uh, we're here tonight with many of those people. Hundreds of them are here at Rogers Campground for the Pork Fest. You can go, by the way, I don't think we've even plugged the website for Pork Fest tonight. Shame on me. Porkfest2010.com. Uh, that's pork with a C, P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T, 2010.com. More with Stefan Molyneux in a moment. You can take your uh, your own case uh, to court with jurisdictionary.com. It shows you how to fill out forms, get evidence, move the court, set hearings, do research, draft pleadings. It's all there, put together by a doctor of jurisprudence who wants to protect you from uh, members of his profession in a manner that the average eighth grader can grasp in less than 24 hours. Go check it out at jurisdictionary.com. There's, it's an exhaustive amount of information, but uh, you know you, you can get the basics in, in about 20 hours of study. All right, the jurisdictionary.com. Toll free number is 800-259-9231. Perhaps you have a question for Stefan since he's on with us here. You're certainly welcome to uh, to bring that up. But you were recounting uh, your speech, or recapping, uh, short, truncating, shortening your speech uh, from earlier tonight. The opening ceremonies. By the way, we've been here 24 hours now. Uh, some people have been here since Sunday and Monday. This party has been going on, but you kicked it off officially. The the official event has begun now uh, with your opening speech, and you were talking about the euphemisms, these uh, these terms that the government people use and they teach us when we're in their indoctrination camps uh, about uh, – they, they teach us to use so we can be brought into their worldview, this mindset that uh, coercion is acceptable. But you were saying that deep down inside, people realize there's something fundamentally wrong with what they believe, and so they use these words to sort of paper over uh, the actual uh, – what's actually going on. So do continue with your thoughts yeah uh, thanks very much uh, you have to stop using the language of the state the language at least political language is just another government program it's inflicted on children uh, as we all know through these government camps and it is created by the government when naming its own legislation right i mean if, if we could call libertarianism fluffy bunnies and ponies then who would be against it right mm -hmm. if we could get that term generally accepted the government introducing these bills is always calling them by these words that nobody can really oppose, like uh, aid to families with dependent children. Well, I don't want to help families. Well, of course, everybody wants to help families with dependent children, but that's not what the law is. The law is pointing a gun at someone, right? So when someone says Social Security, uh, you have to say, well, what do you mean by Social Security if you want to argue against it? Because if they mean help to the aged, then if you're arguing against it, you sound like kind of a jerk, right? Because yeah. I don't want to help you. Of course we want to help the aged. So when somebody says Social Security is about helping the age, you have to say no, because it's not. Social Security is a set of specific laws and regulations, which is in the initiation of force against people. It's not about helping the, the aged, because helping the aged can be done by any number of organizations, groups, individuals, churches, and, and, and charities, and so on. 
And every one of them is more efficient than what uh, Social Security does. Oh, yeah. I mean, let's not give into that. I mean, good heavens. I mean, everybody says Social Security is so great. Well, it's great till the system runs out of money, right? What is it Margaret Thatcher said about socialism? The problem is you always end up running out of other people's money, right? Mm -hmm. So how are the old going to do when they've been taxed so they can't save and then the government can't pay them because it runs out of money? That is not called helping the age. They're saying that's helping the age. is like saying heroin helps a toothache. I guess briefly it does, but it's really not a good plan for the long run. So you have to stop using the language and you have to stop using the concepts called niceness and charity and help and education, public education. Who would be against educating people? Educating people mm -hmm. is what we're all about. But that's not what the legislation is. The legislation is initiating force against someone and you have to drill down through the language. Like BP in the Gulf, dare I say, <laughs> to explode the oil wells of truth. But you have, to, you have to get down in there. <laughs> I'm going to revisit that metaphor for our Florida listeners. <laughs> Let's go back to a dental analogy. You have to drill through the enamel of falsehood. No, so you, you have to drill through the language to get to the gun in the room, to get to who is pointing a gun at who, because that's what it always comes down to with the government. And if you mm -hmm. can't get to there, because what we're arguing against is not help for the poor, education for the young, or, or aid for the sick. We're it's arguing the against the initiation of force. And if you can't get through the language to get to the gun, nobody's going to have any sympathy for your viewpoint. Yeah, they have to be shown the gun in the room. Right, because the government be has one trick and that trick is to force people to do what they want they can they can throw them in jail if they don't want to go to jail they can tase them they can shoot them you know they can do a variety of different things that all include violence and forcing people to to do what it is that they want and you know, it becomes obvious to folks when a lot of people come on board with this movement when they actually do get shown the gun right when the government finally comes after them or their family member or a friend of theirs and it's certainly something that's becoming more uh, common the war on drugs drags millions of people into you know jail cells around the world and uh, so there's always a every year of your life there's a greater and greater chance that some agent calling themselves uh, you know part of the state will come and decide to send a threatening notice to you or uh, or put some metal bracelets on you so that's one of those wake up calls that all of a sudden and just wipes it all away for some people, although there are others who then, you know, kind of put tuck their tail between their legs and goes, I'm so sorry, Your Honor, etc., etc. <laughs> well, you know, this is the, the, the do-gooders in society who are a bit of a plague and a pest and have been throughout history, the people who don't like drugs, right, and, and they mm -hmm. think nobody should do them. Not like, I don't like drugs, so I don't do drugs, but nobody should do drugs. They want the government because they know how it would work in a free society. They'd go around and they say, I got this war on drugs. See, it's going to be really great. It's going to eliminate uh, drugs from society. And people say, well, that's very interesting. How much does it cost? I don't know, $20 billion a year, right? And then they say, how many people want to sign up? And don't worry, if, if 20 people sign up, it'll only be a billion dollars each for you every year, right? <laughs> and, of course, they know they would get nowhere. If they can't force the funding of it, they would have to rely on reason, effectiveness, persuasion, advertising, whatever. And they know that they can't yep. do it that way. Well, so the hallmark of a bad idea is that they're putting it through the government, right? Right. So, I mean, to me, it's like if you're, if you're for the war on drugs, then you should – I'd love to do a referendum. This would be fun. It's never going to happen. You, you do a referendum, right? You say, are you for the war on drugs? People say yes. And everybody who says yes gets that proportion of the bill for the war on drugs at the end of the year. Surprise! <laughs> you know, now you have to actually live your values, right? right? So let's say half the U.S. population says it. That's what, 150 million people or whatever? I can't do the math. Divide that into 20 billion, it's at least 10,000, 15,000 mm -hmm. bucks a year, right? And then you do the referendum again the next year. And you say, okay, how yeah. many of you still want to drop 10 to 15 large to fight the war on drugs? Which, by the way, is not working. So 10 to 15 to throw people in jail and cre create a horrible underclass and invite organized crime in. 
And, of course, half would drop out. So next year, half. 30, <laughs> right, 30, 30, 30, you think those people were going to have paid okay, that so maybe 90%, right? So the last guy who's hanging on to the war on drugs <laughs> is going to really get it in the shorts when that yeah. last bill comes in, you know? He is one tenacious, I think, mean right? dude, though. I think, I think he would find tolerance when that last bill came in. Right? Uh, that's what I want. That's the only thing I would ever suggest a referendum is for. You know, are you for the Iraq war? Great. Here's your bill. If you're not for it, you're off scot-free. Hey, Stefan Molyneux, thank you as always for coming on. In fact, you're going to be on again uh, tomorrow night on Free Talk Live. I yes. believe you have a groundbreaking stuff. scheduled. We're going to do a little experimental radio tomorrow night. The first hour of the show is at least the, fir- yeah, at least the first hour <laughs> <laughs> is, uh, is blocked off for you and Johnson uh, to uh, talk about Agnosticism. Agnosticism and atheism, and we might throw in a little bit uh, more theological discussion in there as well. I know Dale is kind of itching to uh, to get his thoughts in, uh, one of our regular co-hosts. So uh, enjoy the rest of your night here at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. We've got more folks to bring in here. And of course, take your calls as well. 800-259-9231, live from Porkfest 2010. It's Free Talk This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything, even in these remaining moments. Plenty of time for your call. Uh, Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. As we are live from the 2010 Porcupine Freedom Festival happening in New Hampshire, Lancaster, Rogers Campground, it's a blast. We've only been here for 24 hours, and it has been a lot of fun so far. And the event has just now gotten started. People have been here all week long. People like to arrive early for Porkfest and kind of ease into the occasion, so to speak, because the, uh, the partying just goes on. But it's not just parties. It's not just drinking and, uh, and smoking. Uh, it's, uh, it's also socializing. It's family activities. It's, it's hiking. It's uh, gun shoots. I mean, there's so much going on here. In fact, let's do a quick recap of some of the things that will happen today that uh, maybe uh, you weren't able to make it out for this year, but perhaps you'll be able to experience it next year. Or maybe you're in the New England area or will be in the New England area this weekend. That would mean you have the chance to come up here and experience what's coming up. Uh, earlier today, we had, uh, let's see, there was the prison break. That was the biggest thing that uh, I think went on today. The CD Evolution Fund, cdevolution.org, put together... This uh, interesting little event. It was actually Michelle Seven who we've had on this uh, this program. It was really the the mastermind behind it, uh, where some of the civilly disobedient folks here in New Hampshire, some of the activists, were brought into what we called the prison. And of course, it was pretty plush, Mark. I mean, the the prisoners had uh, access to alcohol and <laughs> and uh, cannabis. The, the uh, bars in their prison were little tiki lamps. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so they were well taken care of. But the idea was that. It was a kind of a little bit of a competition to get them out, you know, to to see if you could raise post-bail. enough. Yeah, to post to uh, to post to what was it, five hundred dollars each of uh, bail to get these folks out of our little prison uh, that we created for them. And people came out and they contributed, and we didn't know really what to expect. I mean, when I say we, Mark, you and I are on the board of directors of the CD Evolution Fund, CDEvolution.org, and the re- the rest of the board of directors didn't really know what to expect. But uh, Brian Travis came in here a moment ago from CDEvolution.org and told us that it was eleven hundred dollars that was raised here in what essentially was a three-hour period in the uh, the afternoon at Porkfest. Resounding success. And it's the first day of Porkfest. I mean, it's not even a full event yet. There are still people. Thursday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've still got Friday, Saturday, and Sunday uh, to go here. Uh, yes. And so... Uh, 1-800-259-9231 is the number. We've got all kinds of interesting uh, folks here showing up to talk to us. And there's one man in particular that uh, that I wanted to make sure we got on here tonight who is 
I think a hero, and, and we've had uh, heroes on uh, a lot on this program, uh, heroes of mine. Uh, Julian Heichlin is uh, is with us, and he is uh, joining us here from. Is, is, where are you from, Julian? I, I'm not most even sure recent, about that. You, most you've been... recently from Boston, just this afternoon. But uh, is that where you were? Uh, where, I mean, where do you? Where's your home? Where Where do you I live, live? I live in New Jersey. New Jersey. Okay, but you kind of make I, the rounds, don't you? I you was go at the places. Boston courthouse just a few hours ago. Now, uh, you are known, on the, at least to our listeners, those who've been listening for a, for a number of weeks, uh, known as somebody who goes out there and, and puts his freedom on the line for others. And you're doing fully informed jury outreach because you believe it's important to explain to people what? Um, well, the way it happened is that uh, I've been arrested by the police several times, and I've sued them all. I now have three court cases uh, two of which are in the Circuit Court of Appeals and one in the District Court. And I got the instructions that they gave the judge, and the District Court rules require the judge to instruct the jury that it must uphold the law as he gives it to them. Julian, make and, sure you talk to the microphone. And, and I knew that this was wrong, so I started passing out the Fiji literature. Uh, and this developed into many other things. I, we got arrested, Bile and I both got arrested, and then this became a First Amendment problem, and then mm-hmm. I've been arrested, and nobody ever tells me that I have the right to stay silent. It's now become a Fifth Amendment uh, thing, so that this thing is How many mushroom, times- mushroomed into become a multifaceted project. Well, there's a lot of tyranny out there, and the government likes to aggress against plus, people, especially uh, when you threaten their legitimacy. Plus, they physically manhandle me. Sure. I've just How shown, old are you? I've just shown people... My chest has been photographed many times now. It's bloodied up. Julian, how old are you, if I may ask? I'm 78 years old. 78 years old. You're very spry. You're out and about, uh, and and you're you're putting your safety, your personal safety on the line. I mean, these are are people who have no consequences for their actions. We've seen so many stories where they hurt people real bad, and nothing happens to them. I'm one of them recently. I still have the scars. I mean, not the bruises. It's it's incredible that you do this, and, and you, at this age, and I think that you've said before that you would like to see other people your age get out there and uh, and get active. Well, I'd like to see everybody get out there and sure. get active, but I everybody can't do the same thing. I'm in a very special position that most people aren't in. They can't destroy my future. I don't have one. I can't lose my job. I don't have one. <laughs> They can't punish me, really, by putting me in prison, because all they do is give me free room and board. They take care of my medical expenses. They give me all my pills. I get an hour of health club every day. And I got something I could never afford, which was around-the-clock police protection. My wife and children want to put me into an old home, and I say, that's ridiculous. It'll be very expensive. Yeah. Why not let the state pay the expenses? And, and change you can come. You can come and visit me once a week, just like at the old home. <laughs> and not only that, I'll tell you, the people in prison are a lot more interesting than those in the old home. I bet they are. Wow. That, I have to say, that is some of the most persuasive, uh, there's some very persuasive points there, Julian. But uh, so, why do you think more people in the, uh, the older demographic don't get out there and, and really get active and, Most people, as they get older, they learn the rules of society and they become reasonable people. I never became a reasonable person. 
Uh, you know, there are two types of people in the world. There are reasonable people and unreasonable people. Reasonable people adjust their behavior to fit society. Unreasonable behavior, unreasonable behavior, people want to adjust society to fit their behavior. Mm. I'm an unreasonable person. And you are uh, going around from federal courthouse to federal courthouse, at least it seems like in New the northeastern area of the, well, the country. all over. I've been in Fort Lauderdale. Oh, wow. I did uh, several court courthouses in Pennsylvania. I've now been to about 15 or 16. How long have I you been doing I travel around this? the country. I'll be going out west, too. I was supposed to be in Las Vegas two weeks ago, but unfortunately I was in prison Arrested. instead. How long has, uh, has this been essentially what you do? Oh, I've been doing this for 60 years. So you've been doing fully informed jury outreach no, for no, 60 years? but various forms of this. Specifically going to court, courthouses and reaching out uh, doing oh, fully informed. Oh, that just started last fall. The so, specific thing, though I've been a Fiji activist for a long time. When I lived in Pennsylvania, I was the Pennsylvania rep for Fiji. When you started this last fall, the visiting of the federal courthouses and outreaching people with the Fiji message, yeah. Uh, and by the way, our listeners can go to Fija.org to learn more, F-I-J-A.org, great website, lots of resources. You can go out and you can start doing things like Julian is doing, but please bring friends with you uh, when you do these things. How many times have you been arrested in less than a year? Oh, in less than a year. Yeah, since well, you started. So, I mean, The so, Fija things, well, ten times in New York, one in Springfield. I think 11 it, for... Just this activity. I have 27 or 28 arrests altogether. I'm beginning to it's lose incredible. track. It's incredible. Our audience loves it. But, uh, Bile, by the way, is uh, sitting quietly here uh, holding a microphone. I mean, you, you've got a chance here. You know Julian very well. You've been there with he, him when he, he's been arrested. He been coordinates arrested. all my activities and gives out all the publicity. He's the man who... Took the pictures and got arrested for taking pictures I, of me. I think blogofbile.com probably is the best place for our listeners to go oh, yeah. to keep up to date with you, Julian. And we right. do our best to recount what's happening on the air when we hear about it from Bile. Uh, but he's uh, he's definitely helping out there. Uh, Bile, a question for Julian while you're you're here? Anything you want to have him relay? Uh, no. Okay. He, fair he enough. says he says things just. Better than He's I got it, man. Is. I mean, that's uh, incredibly motivating and inspiring. Uh, is are, are, are you guys inspired by uh, Julian Heiklin? Or it's incredible. I don't, I don't see how anyone couldn't be. I'm going to use an old man's prerogative and give a little advice. Everybody can't do the same thing. People that have jobs and uh, futures and whatnot can't do the things that I'm doing. But everybody can do something, and it's important to get in there and do whatever it is you can. And you're young and impatient, as I once was, but I found out the thing is determination, persistence, and patience. I love These it. Things Thank don't you, Julian. Overnight. There's more coming up. This is Free Talk. This is Free Talk Live. It is the show that you can take control of when you dial in toll-free. Bring up absolutely anything. 800-259-9231 is the number here. Actually, I've got some people that have been waiting patiently. Uh, and uh, as we've been talking to all kinds of interesting folks here, Stefan Molyneux, uh, Julian Heiklin, just on this hour. If you missed it, well, later on tonight, once I can trudge through this horrible Internet connection out in the middle of the woods that we're dealing with, uh, we will put the archives online for you. So do be patient. We'll get that up. If you missed uh, what we've been talking about, just go to freetalklive.com a little bit later. And uh, if you want to get some gold and silver, go to gold.freetalklive.com. We have uh, all kinds of coins that I've picked out that I think are good choices for people who, you know, don't really know what gold and silver coins they should be getting. So these are sort of, uh, you know, 
I've tried to make it as easy as I possibly can. Go to gold.freetalklive.com. Before you buy gold or silver anyplace else, that way you can check our prices against theirs, and I think you'll find that uh, on very on many, many of the uh, coins, they're the, they're the best price you're going to be able to find on the Internet. Gold.freetalklive.com. All right, so I uh, want to go to the phones here, and then we've got one final uh, special guest to wrap things out here tonight. There's more to come, though, from Porkfest. Uh, we are going to be here both Friday and Saturday nights. So stick around, keep listening. More free talk live from uh, from Porkfest on the way here. Let's go to your phone calls though, and talk to first ladies first. Uh, Christine in Colorado, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Thanks. Um, I just wanted to let you guys know that this is a fantastic show. I was wondering what to expect tuning in from the live show. Your guests have been just absolutely great to hear people that you've read of, that you've heard of. I was particularly impressed um, with even just the 10 or 15 minutes you spent with Stefan Millenial, also the man from Operation uh, Defuse earlier. These are fantastic guests you're getting at Free Talk, uh, you know, at the Pork Fest this year, and I'm really glad you're putting them on the air for the rest of us in the country to hear. I just wish Stefan's one- or two-hour talk was, like, available on the Internet or something. It'd be great to hear him in person. Well, I, uh, I I know there were about 200 people there. Uh, Curtis is in the back. He's one of the organizers of the event. Uh-huh. Curtis, did you notice anyone with a video camera recording Stefan Molyneux? We've got people like asking. Half a dozen of them. There's a good <laughs> chance. There's at least three or four, if not more, cameras there. There's a real good chance. Curtis, do you think that might show up at, like, porkfest2010.com eventually? Possibly. We're getting an F yeah on that one. So, Christine, uh, go bookmark Porkfest with a C, porkfest2010.com. Oh, for it, so I'm really glad to hear that. Well, it's not going to be up that quick. Look, you have to understand, we're in the middle of the woods, and it's a very beautiful place to be, uh, but there's not really much in the way of internet connectivity out here, so uploading a video to YouTube would be an act of madness uh, (laughs) here at uh, Rogers Campground, (laughs) but... uh, because I can tell you, I was going mad trying to just do the archives of the show last night. Anyway, uh, it's uh, Christine, why aren't you here? How come we're not interviewing you as, uh, the, as our third guest? Well, I'm going to keep that in mind for a future time, but I'm really in the middle of a big campaign right out here in Colorado. But, you know, I thought about it. <laughs> Great. Anything else you want to share tonight? No, just keep up the good work, and thanks for putting people on as they walk by and putting them on. I'm, I'm really happy I tuned in today. Well, thank you, Christine. We're glad you're out there and glad you're enjoying the program. Appreciate hearing from you. Let's talk to Kyle in Pennsylvania. Kyle, you are on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hey, uh, I don't mean to be all doom and gloom, but uh, I had a, a situation I called about an hour ago, and I'm, I'm totally a, a, a voluntarist. You know, um, force should not be initiated, but there's times when it just it's an impulse and it happens, and I want to know how you can deal with that. And like uh, and make a person whole, if they, like that's what you believe. The the question is, if force happens, how do you deal with that in a voluntary society? Yeah, well, yeah, because I I I just I hit someone, and I I want to make this person whole. You hit them, struck them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you're asking how you can make them whole. Well, what do you think they would want in order to uh, to restitute? Um, the I'm asking them, and they just uh, well, it's. It's my significant other, and Ooh. I, I, yeah, I know, I know, I know, and she's, she's fine, everything's okay, but I, I'm not trying to make me the victim. How about some anything, anger management classes? Yeah. Uh, how, uh, do you drink? Um, yeah, but. Were not, you drinking at the time? No, no. No, okay, so you're just naturally uh, easily angered. 
yeah, it's a, it's a problem. But yeah, I just want maybe maybe some counseling, perhaps, uh, with the the two of you. With that, uh, Mark, uh, what do you think? It doesn't sound like a bad idea. I, mean, uh, I think it's. Um, I, I want to hear more about what she said when you uh, talked to her about what it is that she wanted. Um, she said she's tough, and I mean, I'm I'm I was putting ice on her shoulder and and everything, and she just I'm like, well, what can we do about this? I, like, I wanna. I want to make it right, and she's just, you know, kind of wants to be left alone. But I, I feel like I'd be a cop out if, if it was just, oh, we just sort of not talk about it and just act like anything ha- didn't happen, you know. I, I think you're right about that. Uh, but if she wants to be left alone, that's uh, that's what she wants. But you might want to think about other things that you can do without her, you know, uh, assistance that you could do to show her that you're serious about changing your ways. Because it's one thing to say you're sorry, and it's another yeah. thing to not ever do it again. Uh-huh. So, like, that answers your take, question. Yeah, hmm? like, um, not have her bring something up. Like, I should, like, take the initiative. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that's, I think, that, that's what I've got for you. Anything else, Mark, that you want to share? Yeah, it's, it sounds right to me. I think that, uh, you know, I, I, obviously you should you should show your contrition to her. I mean, um, um, you know, in some um, some way or another. I understand she probably, you know, wants to let bygones be bygones. And, and I think that that needs to happen with couples. Um, and, you know, obviously this needs to ne- never occur again. Right, and, and a gift isn't going to patch over it. Yeah, going yeah, out no, and, and no, doing nothing like, nothing yeah. crappy, like tacky or anything like that. Got it. Hey, thanks for the call tonight. appreciate hearing from you. And uh, 1-800-259-9231 is the number here in the remaining moments of this edition of the program, live from the 2010 Porcupine Freedom Festival. There's one man at the Pork Fest wearing a cape, and uh, he is uh, alternately known as Robin Hood of Keene, one of the Robin Hood's merry men, actually, of, uh, of Keene. Uh, I don't know if you have a character name, uh, Sean, but uh, welcome on Free Talk Live. Sean is with us. Uh, Sean Murphy from, uh, from Keene. Hello there. Thank you, Ian. Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm glad to have you. What's the cape all about? Well, I like capes. It also allows me to uh, advertise the Free State Project. As You're a... wearing a Free State Project flag as a cape. Yes, um, actually I am. It allows me to adver- advertise the uh, project as I'm walking about keen and hopefully raise awareness. It can start interesting conversations with uh, some of the locals. Now, they, we're, they're t- we're told all the time on uh, the local newspaper uh, forums that everybody, you, we don't want you in Keene, is what they say. Go away, free staters. Go home. Uh, is that the response you're getting on the streets? Uh, generally, no. Generally, people are very positive. Uh, I've had a couple of negative comments, but most of them were in already aggressive situations. Uh, there was the incident uh, you may have spoke of several months ago with Geno's during karaoke. And the school bus driver at uh, the school outreach. The school bus driver who told us that uh, we were doing Satan's work and we looked like Satan. Uh, that is correct. Right, even though she's the one getting money that was stolen from people in her paychecks. Uh, yeah. So s- something you're doing that I think is pretty extraordinary is uh, the Robin Hooding that uh, is going on around uh, downtown Keene. And this is something that theoretically can be done anywhere. Can you describe for our listeners what that is, what it is to uh, Robin Hood? Well, basically what... What Robin Hood does is uh, we go around uh, downtown Keene and look for expired parking meters. Any that we find, uh, I, we put in some money to... Uh, with cars sitting at them. Yes, yes, with cars sitting at them, obviously. Uh, it'd be kind of silly to fill the meters yeah. they're not using. <laughs> but uh, we, we put some money in the meter. We leave a nice note from uh, Robin Hood, mm-hmm. and we include an envelope for pe- a 
pre-printed envelope for people to return donations if they so desire. We don't even request them in the envelope. So, so the idea is that uh, that the parking tickets in Keene, that's pretty cheap in Keene, is five bucks. And so most people are, oh, they'll just go and pay it. But the idea here is you prevent them from even getting that ticket in the first place. And so therefore you include the envelope and in, in the hopes that rather than sending the city the five bucks for the ticket they would have gotten, they might send you a few bucks. And how's that worked out? Uh, so far it's worked out pretty well. The uh, operation as a whole is running at a very slight profit. And... Uh, We've actually received donations larger than the $5 that a parking wow. ticket would be. I think it's so great from so many aspects. Number one, you're building uh, appreciation in the community by going out and rescuing people from aggression in the first place. Uh, secondly, you're giving them an explanation for what's going on because then there's a little note from uh, Robin Hood and uh, his merry men about what exactly is going on. But I didn't realize you didn't actually pitch for money in there. You just include the envelope and people naturally, uh, they send it to you. Uh, that's correct. That, that There's no request for money whatsoever. Uh, one of the new things we are starting is uh, Mark here had a uh, post recently on the Free Keen blog about his efforts with a uh, parking ticket, mm -hmm. and we're going to be including a copy of that in the Robin Hood envelopes. Uh, to encourage people to, if they get a ticket, because you can't be there all the time, uh, to, if they get a ticket, actually challenge it. And we've discussed this in quite a bit of detail on uh, on Free Talk Live. So so what I think is so great about this is it's been going on for about a year. Lauren Canario uh, kind of kicked it off a long time ago, and you've, you've really picked up the ball uh, and run with it. It's running at a profit. I mean, it's a slight profit, it's but it's, slight profit. it's activism that's covering its costs and running at a profit and is incredibly popular with the people that it's, uh, that it's targeting. I've not received any negative feedback on it. Sean, thanks for coming on the show and explaining that. People can go, by the way, to robinhood.freekeen.com to learn more about it. We're out of time tonight, but we'll be back here live from the Porcupine Freedom Festival 2010 tomorrow night.